0: to the show this is the golden age of grappling podcast episode 226 i'm dp and
1: i'm tony g dp this week for the people a bit of a mixed bag you might say (laughs) Uh, the topic was one but the shows were separate it's austin walks out wwe confidential from june 15th followed by the monday night raw that took place afterwards on june 17th so a lot of Austin, how could you do this to us? Um, this is such an interesting little bubble of about a week. <laughs> because I have heard this discussed by, you know, Pritchard, whatever you know, okay. but, and obviously the backpedaling yes. doesn't take long to begin. 2 days. Like,
0: it's 2 days. <laughs> because well, we're all, he's already doing like a salute to stone cold and thank we'll, we'll talk more about it, but
1: yeah, you you know you're but it's just so funny to think like that you would just go that hard. At literally the only person that's probably been more financially successful for your company other than Hulk Hogan <laughs> in the history of your business. Yeah. So Yeah. anyway,
0: oh, that's wild and wacky
1: thing. stuff from a vengeful Vince McMahon. Yes. His- and all of that because this is a wrestling review show. Each week, DP and I get together. We discuss an event we agreed to watch the week before. It's the Oprah's Book Club for Wrestling Nerds. For any and all information about the show, links to Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, etc., go to GoldenAgePodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And if you feel the need to express yourself further, maybe it's something a little longer or more involved. Send us an email at goldenagegrappling at gmail dot com. Absolutely,
0: definitely do that. And of course, if you know you're watching some old wrestling and you think, "Man, someone needs to talk about this," I want to hear what these guys have to. Send it to us. We do take requests, especially if they're easily available to watch.
1: Right, we prefer free, but anyway, um, or easy,
0: relatively free, yeah, because we, we we pay for the network, so just know that. Exactly. <laughs>
1: We only pay for so much here.
0: Yes, absolutely. And before we go any further, just because, you know, you're talking about the vengeful Vince McMahon, I felt like when I was watching this, this is like his confrontational style that he he, he started here. I mean, he you, used it in the past with the Brett screwed yeah. Brett and all that, but he oh, really yeah. ramped it up here. And I feel like they just kept it going until the, the release of the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior in like 2005. And then like after that is where they're like, oh, OK, we really got to back off on this guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know what it was vince was just doing whatever the hell he felt like i guess nobody was saying like hey man maybe you don't uh, bury these guys but yeah anyway ruthless aggression yeah so. right exactly goodness
0: yeah before we can talk about all of that and jump into the walk out of stone cold and the burial and the john wayne cowardly stuff and all that good stuff we have to talk about a little bit of the now in a segment that we like to call the sid vicious dishes
2: Forward with this look on my face it was something that was given to me because of people like you going still by me is the big known guy and I have half the brain that you do this persistence is not something I was born with it's something I was acquired because people like you <laughs> because you are scared of me and
3: you will tell me the magic words sin
2: vicious For well, all the st- skeptics and all the people Have a little bit of Let me do this again Oh, it's live, Hal
0: sorry Tony For all the skeptics Is is the uh, is the worth The riff <laughs> Uh,
1: yes It's a reference it's,
0: it's a call forward We're gonna make the joke later on People will get it yeah, if, j- if they hear it later
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, whatever. Um, (laughs) So, we had ourselves a uh, pay-per-view event called Backlash. Mm -hmm. And it happened, and uh, that's about all you can say about it.
0: Well, here's the thing. Before before you jump in, I just want to point out, Backlash is not like a storied name as far as pay-per-views go in my opinion maybe i'm wrong but it feels like you know it's a show that has right. had its highlights you know the mcfoley matches and stuff like that but for the most part it's always retreads of wrestlemania and it was always right after wrestlemania up until like this year um and so i don't think that i went in with very high expectations until they started telling me the greatest match ever but yeah it, it, i was it happened and I don't know that other than if we decide for some reason that it's worthwhile to review it in the you know distant future that I'll probably right. ever watch it again.
1: No, it was <laughs> not good. You know, and I, <clears throat> you and I had been texting and I just kept thinking like, there's just so many people that aren't on this show. Yeah. You know, you and I talked about, you know, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, not having their title match on this show seems kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It really helped card overall charlotte fighting oscar which was a really good match that was the main event on raw (laughs) you know was way better than oscar naya jacks going to a double count out on this show yeah Uh, so you know there's just a lot of that no seth rollins no kevin owens
0: i mean we got the kevin owens on the pre-show as far as the announcer but yeah he didn't have a program or anything um the the seth rollins that's uh, you just like again like i was like oh where the fuck was he at
1: <laughs> yeah. No, Alistair Black, you know who they've also been mm-hmm. putting a lot of you know, momentum behind. Uh, it was just felt it was just odd, you know. Bailey didn't defend her women's championship, so it was just in the tag match, so that felt a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, like you would have had maybe a little bit more of a, more women's presence on this show had maybe she not been in that match and had the tag match been with somebody else. Yeah, um, Braun Strowman is just such a weak champion. Like it's just, <laughs> dude,
0: I. I've been completely shielded from the world of Braun Strowman as champion in these last weeks. And so when I was watching the video of, like, the promotion for this, and I was like, wait, he's tipping Vans still? Like, this is still part of his gimmick? I didn't realize that they went back to that. But yeah, he's not a great champion. This isn't a great championship program, but I will say that I really enjoyed the the Hey Hey Ho Ho music video. That cracked me up.
1: Miz and Morrison have been wonderful throughout this. You know, it probably shouldn't be in the universal championship feud. (laughs) Yeah. No, they've been great. And those two together has been a lot of fun really since they, since Morrison came back. So, Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll just start at the top here. Um, That women's the women's tag team match. I do think was at the end of the show ended up being one of the better matches on the whole show. Yeah. Otherwise I think it's the
0: pre-show match.
1: Yeah. The pre, you're right. The pre-show probably was the best match in the whole card. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Bailey and Sasha retained against Alexa bliss and Nikki cross and the iconics um solid stuff man i still just i can't even with bailey as a heel like it's (laughs) it just seems so silly you know what i mean like it's come to the point now where it's like absurd Mm -hmm. and i don't think that's helping like i feel like they're kind of like leaning into that like yeah let the the iconics everybody really likes the iconics because they're kind of over the top and funny about it. it's like yeah but you guys can't be like the iconics like (laughs) I don't I just, I just feel like it's a little bit over the top. Okay. And that's only making it worse as far as me buying Bailey as a as a heel. Like I just you know, Yeah. What are you what are you whining about? I think you've been the, you know.
0: I think I never really like bought into into it. So like it's one of those things where I, like just you bringing it up. I was like I didn't even think about Bailey during that or right. even afterwards. Like even though she was one of the win, the winners, right. I, you know, I was thinking about the iconics and the other elements of the match and I really yeah. she was just kind of there
1: yeah that's a good way to put it <laughs> just, so whatever we're gonna get her against Sasha in a few here soon I'm sure can't wait
0: <laughs> they'll never deliver on that it's never gonna happen uh,
1: I hope not at this point <laughs> um, another match is like this is on the pay-per-view Sheamus beat Jeff Hardy yeah my god I thought this match was never going to end <laughs> this is a match that comes off the heels of a urine sample segment yep on Smackdown where Jeff Hardy Threw a thirty-two ounce beer mug size <laughs> cup of piss into the face of Sheamus. We all oh, had a laugh,
0: dude. It's one of those things where I sat there and I went, "Am I being hypocritical?" Because I really praised the Adam Page and uh, and Joey Ryan piss angle, but well, but man, this is just so Vince McMahon. This is Titus O'Neil right. puking in the hat. This right. is you know getting covered in pig slop. It's well, it's so Vince McMahon, and I know that he loved it, and that's probably why Vin- Pritchard's now in charge of Raw, too, but, man, <laughs> well, it just other- felt like it was just such a... It didn't feel like it was something of, of 2020. I didn't expect this to happen or to even see this. I didn't expect the way that they started out this storyline to happen. So, well, it's a weird place.
1: Yeah, well, that's what makes it all that much worse, in my opinion, is that this this comes after you've started in a place where it was a very serious angle involving a car accident, and Elias had to go to the hospital because Elias is injury prone. I think that poor guy's not gonna I don't don't think that poor guy's gonna make it. He just keeps getting hurt. But anyway, like (laughs) so whatever. And then you try to sell sell us on this idea of like, oh, it'll be you know, it's a story for people to learn to get over there. And then you go and you do something wacky with it, you know? like So if you were gonna make this serious, then make it serious and find a way for Jeff to battle some demons overcome some odds or whatever and you know, Mm -hmm. beat his addiction, because I'm sure the top Vince McMahon thinks that kind of thing works. And then you're just healed, right? And then you're not, you don't drink anymore. That's how that, that whole thing works, right? <laughs> you're, but you know, but instead, like, you went from a, you took a very serious thing, uh-huh. and you, and then you really just ended up making a complete farce of it, you know? You're not wrong,
0: because even the promo that like Seamus gave on the pre show was very serious still. Like, it was very, like. Right. Yeah, it had that different tone. So that, that piss segment just came out. And that's when, when I was watching the recap video and that happened. I was like, Jesus, was like, what is happening now? Like, this feels so out of just nowhere. Ugh. but it is one of those things where this is a storyline that the WWE has been trying to tell for 40 years now. You know, you've got fucking Jake the snake and the king right. and the king and oh, yeah. fucking five other guys. And then yeah. Jericho and CM Punk and. Yeah. Fucking CM they, Punk and Jeff Hardy. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, they love it. No, it's one of their favorites. They they do it often. So anyway. It's just so frustrating and, that
0: they always do it when they can blur the lines of reality. Like, it's never just a guy that we don't know about real-life problems that all yeah. of a sudden is in a storyline. It's like, next thing we know, Jay Uso is going to be doing the storyline.
1: And so you went there, and for what? For Jeff to lose? And now that's it? Well, wow, I don't that think was, that was it. It felt Well, not it, but I'm just saying, like, I'm sure he's not going to keep fighting Sheamus. I mean, what's the point?
0: Well, that's that's the other thing is this backlash, because it's always re, rematches. It's always a more definitive right. match endings. Whereas this one, they're like, right. we're going to use backlash to set up everything. None of it exactly. is a backlash. None of it's a, a reverberation of anything. It's just we're setting things up for the future.
1: <laughs> right. Um, Ms. Morrison, of course, lost to Braun Strowman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Morrison had the match won at one point. Miz pulled him off, and then it was all downhill from there. Like you said, the, the really only thing to see about any of this is the outstanding music video that Miz and Morrison made Yeah, uh, leading into the into the match. So good stuff there.
0: And this is from a person that has absolutely despised so much of the hey, hey, ho, ho chants. But, man, that music <laughs> video is
1: great. It is. No, it is. Uh, Raw Women's Championship, Asuka and Nia Jax went to a double freaking count out. So that's fun. <laughs> Way to do that yeah. on pay per view! Oh man, <laughs> oh man, yeah, indeed. Oh, I guess I actually jumped that in the Miz Morrison matches later. Who cares? Um, That's fine. WWE Championship, Lashley and Drew McIntyre. You know, again, like, eh, yeah, it was.
0: This was fine. the only match that I skipped. We we started it. We te- oh, really? I I texted you that I was pausing for about forty minutes to add a pad in case yeah. I wanted to skip something, and it was just one of those things where by the end of the show, I was just I just want to see the greatest match. I'm done. And it's like, I don't really care about Bobby Lashley. Like, he's fine. He's not, yes. ne- you know, negative opinion. I don't really have a negative opinion. But then, so right. did, did did Lana end up getting involved in this? Is, was she the reason yeah. that he lost? Or was that just a yeah, part of Yeah, because
1: there's been the story has been running for weeks now that Lashley doesn't want her at ringside and she's upset about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so backstage before the match, MVP was ordering champagne for the celebration. Lana came up and ex- tried to explain to him why she should be out there. And MVP stopped her and said, listen. I'm not the one that said you should stay backstage <laughs> and then walk away. So, okay. So then during the match, Lana comes out and gets up on the apron for what appears to be no reason. Like she just mm-hmm. does it and yells at the ref. She yells at the ref when he yells at her. She's like, leave me alone. <laughs> and, uh, and then eventually, uh, a, a distraction is caused and drew got the win. So, oh, okay. McIntyre retained. And now the two final segments here are, you know, the apple to unpeel here. Okay
0: first what we have this first the what's that go ahead I'm, I'm very curious on what the two are
1: well the, well the main event the greatest match of all time but before that we had the worst tag team title match of all time perhaps as the street profits oh yeah and the Viking raiders <sighs> had their i kept thinking that this was gonna be fine like all right whatever they're gonna start outside yeah they're gonna fight to the building and then they're going to have their match and that's a fun way to do it. Yeah. And instead we we filmed ourselves a little a little national lampoons comedy here <laughs> at backlash.
0: Oh, yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that like if you liked the stuff they've been doing, you'll probably like but this. I have it. But but I that's the problem for me is I have it and I've been, you know, yeah. the few times that I've voiced that opinion, I've been downvoted into oblivion on Reddit. It. I know, like, the last week's, the go-home segment when I, was, I just posted, I was like, I don't know about everybody else, but this has just been killing these teams for me. Like, I don't care yeah. about any of this. And, and it was just, like, negative 17 votes or something. I was like, oh, that's disappeared. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what everyone else is seeing in this, but I don't see it, and I texted you in the middle of it. I was like, I'm done with this, and I just skipped to the end. <laughs> you
1: know, it's like, I'm not going to say, like, I don't know what it was. You know, like, yeah, it was fun. I guess, you know? If Did you they reveal like,
0: who the fuck the big guy was with Tozawa? That's
1: that, that's that uh... Bivens you supposed Bivins to know who been, he is? Malcolm Bivens had been managing him, like, on the house shows. Okay. Like, his, I can't remember what his name is, but he's huge. He's been in the yeah. PC for a while. Gotcha. But yeah, I don't know. So yeah, they had the Akira Tozawa. That's how they do. No one was offended by the Akira Tozawa portrayal? <laughs> like, that, nobody else sure. thought that that was a little bit insensitive? Like, I mean, on one hand, yeah, but I mean, it's also goes, a cool here character. Comes our, here comes our Japanese wrestler with his gang of ninjas on motorcycles.
0: <laughs> when you okay. say it like that, yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, oh, when I put it exactly like it was, <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, that, I'm not even going to go, like, whatever. I don't even have time for that. Yeah, Poor guy. Poor Kira Tozawa. But this stuff, I just, and maybe it's just who he is. I just, and I've said this going back months now. I think Montez Ford is like the guy level of like potential. Okay, like face of the company, Montez Ford. Gotcha. And instead, he is fucking a a foot out of the grave away from being you know like our truth or Santino Morella yeah. or you know insert comedy mm-hmm. gimmick guy here. You know, like
4: you're not wrong. Where
1: you're, Where you're gonna fall into that pit, man? And Vince thinks you're funny. And guess what? I don't think that's (laughs) been good for anybody outside of maybe keeping your job for a decade, like Hornswoggle or something. Mm -hmm. But it's probably not gonna. I I don't know. I just I see that guy, and I've seen him not you know play the over the top goofy character thing. Mm -hmm. And I think he and I've seen him go nose to nose with Seth Rollins, and I and I can see that being a legitimate. Yeah, pay-per-view quality main event done the right way, and and I just keep seeing this deal with the street profits, man, just slip farther and farther down. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's fun. I guess have have your fun. <laughs> this won't sustain. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't feel like I don't know how long you can maintain that. You know, with the way, especially yeah. the way the characters have been portrayed in the last month or so with the Viking Raiders thing. You know. Yep. No,
0: so, I, don't- I don't know. It's I, uh, like I said, it it's killed these teams for me. I was I was a huge fan of the whatever the fuck the Viking Raiders used to be called in New Japan. I can't even remember anymore. But <laughs> War Machine. Yeah, War Machine. I was a huge fan of War Machine. Uh, it was a lot of fun watching that team. Was, when they got into NXT, I was a big fan of them, and then they uh-huh. g- showed up on Raw and it was been downhill ever since. Um <laughs> and then we've got these two guys, Montez Ford and and, and the, you know, what Angelo the, Dawkins Angelo Dawkins, the street profits here, that again, we thought we were gonna be when they first showed up it seemed like all these guys they've got they got ideas for these guys they're gonna push these guys and then they started doing weekend after weekend update and it was terrible and then now this is it's transitioned into this and it's like it's not gotten any better it's like why are they doing any like just good
1: matches I just think that these two guys and I think it's what they proved in NXT like what they do in the ring and during their matches and during their entrance is enough you know like they put on a, a good time. They're fun to watch. Like, you don't have to quite go to these depths. You know, like, mm-hmm. they're entertaining. People like them. Yeah. Like, you don't have to try to, like, I'll say the Viking Raiders have probably benefited from these a little bit. They've mm-hmm. been good from, like, from a personality standpoint for those guys and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. nothing great. <laughs> I don't think it's, like, you know, it's been outstanding for them. But, yeah, I just, <clears throat> this just didn't hit for me at all. Um, I did love. <clears throat> no way, Jose is still on the side of a production truck, which just made me laugh. And <laughs> he even tweet. He even tweeted, "I'm back," in all caps. <laughs> which was
0: so, oh, that's a guy that I completely forget about every once in a while.
1: <laughs> well, they fired him, so don't worry. They weren't thinking nah, about it either. That's sad. So that happened. I have seen this match has its supporters, and that's fine. Yeah, you know, you don't have to take criticism as you're wrong. I just don't agree with you.
4: It's understandable. <laughs> so,
1: Um, And then the main event, the greatest match of all time, Edge and Randy Orton. Yes. Randy Orton would pick up the victory. But this thing, before it got started, I was already, huh? When they started (laughs) talking about the enhanced experience, I was like, what is... What are you talking about? It is one of those
0: things where once I saw what they were doing, they needed to say something about what we were about to see, because they were like, we're going to kind of do cinematic stuff, but it's also going to be an in-ring like production, so it's not going to feel like one of the cinematic matches. Yeah. So, like you said, it was weirded word, it was put through that Vince McMahon vocabulary generator, but... But sure. once it started seeing, I was like, okay, I understand why you had to tell me that. But it was just so weird when, like, enhanced camera angles and fe- special audio. I was like, what well, is happening?
1: Which, again, it's like, do I need a camera from underneath no. as they lock uh, up? That was, yeah. Like, I was out. That took me out of it. That's it. Boom. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Especially
0: when you hear that the that was the, the those reshoots, the extra shots they had to get was where Edge got injured.
1: Oh, well, that's even better. I didn't know that. That's just great. The entire match was
0: filmed. He was not injured. And then they injured it when they came back to do all the secondary stuff.
1: Well, isn't that just fantastic? (laughs) Well, anyway, so (sighs) what I'll say here, (laughs) what I'll say for the match itself Mm
4: -hmm.
1: is it was very good. It was a very good match. But here's the problem that it falls into. And it's the same problem with the WrestleMania match and with some other matches, not just with these two involved, that's happened in this empty arena era, is it, I just, I don't care, you know, it's just hard to enjoy watching it, you know Mm. what I mean? If I'm strictly looking at this like I'm an Olympic judge, and this is like, you know, a gymnastics run, on points alone, this is a very good match. Like, there was nothing wrong with it, it told a good story, it was technically sound,
0: the finish, but, like the the lead up to the finish, was great. I thought that yeah, know, that was that was where they finally kind of pulled me back in because I fell right. I fell off in the middle of it.
1: Oh, but it was it's just without fans, it's hard to watch these long matches, man.
4: Because
1: mm-hmm. I don't know, I just I can't I just lost interest. You know, it was just hard to kind of stay focused on it. So from that standpoint, it's like it was a very good wrestling match, mm-hmm. but it's just it was a victim of the lack of fans. I felt like yeah, it was just. I just found myself not really giving a shit.
0: I think if they would have done it where the enhanced audio, the the added stadium noise that they put in, if that had been more generic and just like crowd excitement and not been like chance, like fight forever at the 40 minute mark.
4: Oh, yeah
0: that's that i was just like if you were just done like regular crowd noise, i think because when it was just the crowd noise i would get into it and then the chance would start I'm like fuck these people like get, get back to the-
1: <laughs>
0: like i'd send you that text don't fight forever this is the last thing that i want to hear right now like i'm ready for the end stop, of this match
1: yeah. stop <laughs> fighting forever like who keeps telling <laughs> these guys that they need that uh, anyway so whatever the match was you know was really good it was just too long without fans in my opinion yeah it's not the greatest match of all time will never understand what their thinking was behind that entire marketing campaign yeah i don't just say something
0: crazy and get people to tune in maybe like but it seems like you know you can only do that once
1: i guess so whatever it was fine and and Ed tore his tricep so yeah he's probably gone for months so that's
0: Mm good yeah they said four months on like regular and so it's like but with you know his age and stuff who knows if it'll be anytime before, like, six, seven months. And at that point, then I'm thinking, like, if I'm Edge and I, you know, I want to be back wrestling, I, I know he loves it, it's it's something right. he really enjoys and he's really happy to be back, but at the same time, like, when you start getting these kinds of injuries, then that really affects your home life, and yeah. at that age, you're not going to probably, you know, and heal just as well as you would when you were younger.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd just, I just be curious if he questions even coming back at this point.
1: I know, yeah. No, it's disappointing, so... can we get him away from randy orton yeah and the fact that it happened after reshoots is just that much more frustrating so (laughs) yes whatever so yeah yeah, but that was backlash um again just an odd show with a lot of star power missing not Mm -hmm. because they were hurt (laughs) just because we didn't book you sorry about that i guess we (laughs) forgot like whatever so yeah not the best show, but Extreme Rules is on the horizon, and I'm sure it will be the best thing ever.
0: And I'm guessing that Jeff Hardy will have a big role because they went with the Team Extreme Colors for the graphic this week, this year.
1: <laughs> I know. I saw you picked up on that. So, yeah, the green and purple <laughs> colors there.
0: Oh, so that's, that's the current world of wrestling. But now it's time to head back 18 years ago to June 15th of 2002 for our first show and a couple days later for our second show. So let's rev up the motor and send you back with the four things the four things time capsule the four things are number one on june 13th in 2002 the united states of america of america uh, withdrew from the anti-ballistic missile treaty as they were readying up for their push for the iraq war in June 29th and related news, United States Vice President Dick Cheney served as the acting president for two and a half hours. Do you know that this happened, Tony, and do you know the reason why?
1: I can't remember. Why, why did this happen?
0: Because George W. Bush was busy undergoing a colonoscopy procedure.
1: Why? Oh, and at that point, he had to relinquish his power entirely. I guess uh,
0: if you're going to be put unconscious uh, under drugs, I oh, guess that maybe okay. you have to do that. I'm just curious now because of how evil Dick Cheney has come out to be. If he like got a few things done while he was the acting <laughs> president on the down low, it's
1: very, it's very possible. It's very possible.
0: Number two on June 11th. This I just thought it was crazy how many things in this thread were things that, like, would shape our culture for the decade to come. On June 11th, American Idol, created by Simon Fuller with judges Simon Cowell, Paula Abdul, and Randy Jackson, premiered on Fox. Oh, boy. On June 2nd, crime drama The Wire premiered on HBO. So just two shows that, like, in two different directions, like, really helped, you know, expand the world of reality TV and dramatic television, like,
1: happening right there before everyone asked you if you'd seen breaking bad they asked you if you'd seen the wire so that was the uh that's that, that tony have you seen the bad, wire breaking bad replaced the wire on that uh you know question on everyone's lips and then um yeah american idol still like they're they brought it back like it in network yeah we, we we thought it was over we thought we'd won the war and we had moved on no mm-hmm. they they brought Katy perry out of wherever she'd been hanging out not doing anything and <laughs> They, they took some Blake Shelton light, and then Lionel Richie was like, "Hey, I'm not doing anything." And they're like, "All right, get up here and judge these people."
0: They pulled the scrubs, man. They're yeah, like we're still valuable, damn it. <laughs> the name
1: has value. Oh, we don't yeah. need those judges.
0: And then they they brought it back just for the coronavirus to hit and have to do the show basically with everyone at home.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's that real fact. weird. My
0: mom watches it, and every once in a while, I walk by and I'm like, "What is happening on this show?" It's a strange time for the American Idol in 2020.
1: They're they're making do.
0: Number three, now taking a look at the films releasing in American cinemas in the lead up to tonight's show. Normally, I only go about a month ahead, but I had to go a full month ahead this time because May 16th, a movie that would just change the way that I myself as a child saw the franchise Star Wars Episode II, Attack of the Clones released. Hmm. And after being, you know, just a child that really enjoyed the VHS copies of the original trilogy and had no problems with everything with episode one, I loved Jar Jar Binks as a kid. I loved everything. And now, going back and looking at it, I realize that it's not the greatest. But Star Wars episode two was where my my uh, faith was broken. That was where I was like, oh, they don't know what they're doing anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I wasn't that critical of things, I guess. Um but nah, not i don't have grand memories of that movie though
0: my most the main thing i remember from that movie is that the dvd cover had a, a picture of natalie portman in like this like battle gear like a white all white gear but she had like a gun on her hip and i was really excited for that and then it turns out that instead she's hanging out with anakin making lovey eyes at each other in a field while the war is yeah. happening and it was a big right. letdown <laughs>
1: yeah, for, yeah, for pretty much the whole movie
0: also releasing that same weekend because some studios don't know when to lay off about a boy released. It would end up making $130 million, but
1: still. Yeah, so Hugh Grant's a different audience.
0: Absolutely. May 31st, a controversial film after you know being within a year since 9-11 had happened. Uh, some of all fears would release. Do you remember the hubbub about that one?
1: Well, yeah, because I think maybe it was even a movie that was maybe supposed to come out earlier than this like i, I don't remember if that, i feel like it got pushed back actually or something See, i
0: feel like pearl harbor was the one that got pushed back it was all that stuff but yeah some of all fears it was just like the first like well, cause terrorism bomb plot
1: because that's also, uh, Cause it's also a what's his face not jack reacher but who's the character in those movies the ooh, i don't know the tom clancy movie the harrison ford played the character in the oh uh, then alec baldwin i, I played should the know the name and, but
0: i do not know the name yeah i, I read those books i watched those films damn it
1: i'm so mad at myself it's not jack reacher i can't stop no. thinking of jack reacher it isn't jack, jack. jack ryan jack ryan yes because yeah, Affleck plays what, him in this movie i think
0: and it's a successful hulu show now but
1: yes there you go
0: yeah, so that's the sum of all fears released. It made 193 million dollars even with all the controversy. But the main thing that I want to point out on May 31st was the much better movie that I think surprisingly holds up in the climate of today. Undercover Brother made 40 million dollars.
1: Man, that movie it's it was actually probably way ahead of its time if you want to be, if you want to be honest, you know. Yeah. When you look at it and you look at the satire and you look at like, you know, the message that it was kind of trying mm-hmm. to tell for a lot of the story and all that kind of stuff, um, yeah, a great movie and it does it holds up. It's almost better now than it probably even was then. <laughs> as far as yeah. not much, you know, yeah. I mean, a lot of those jokes landed about the same and the references are still relevant and all that. So uh, yeah, Eddie Griffin's hilarious in that and I love uh, also love old duty Hauser. I
0: was gonna That's say the, that was I think this is the the like the resurgence of him because in two years he would have Harold and Kumar but right. I forgot that this came first in this role.
1: Still, he was still riding that Starship Troopers wave at this point.
0: <laughs> June 7th, the film Bad Company came out and really disappointed me when I finally got a chance to run it on VHS.
1: God, that was when Jerry Bruckheimer and Michael Bay were just, like, fighting each other and releasing bad, over-the-top action movies.
0: Yeah. And a movie I remember because of the long title, but I'd forgotten existed completely, The Divine Secrets of the yah Ya Sisterhood came out that day.
1: Wow, what secrets were in those pants some of us will never
0: know <laughs> I was gonna say that's not the traveling pants sisterhood, but okay uh June fourteenth
1: oh right,
0: the born identity came out making two hundred and fourteen million dollars and starting a franchise there
1: still your dad's favorite movie,
0: probably uh scooby doo also released that same weekend, which yes, had so, yeah. possibly the best casting of of the uh the five ever since
1: and that movie's great that's another one like you go back and watch a yeah. young uh screenwriter as well on that one by the name of James Gunn would go ah, on to cause I remember to quite a
0: thinking that Scooby-Doo 1 is really good but then mm-hmm. I watched like this video about how like it was there this dissecting Scooby-Doo over the years And one of the things that they pointed out was that, you know, it kind of went against the traditional sense of it being not real ghosts or whatever. And so they preferred Scooby-Doo 2, which is a movie I never watched because it came out two years Uh, later and I was too far into high school to even care at that point. I was like, nah, it's below me. I've never seen it. But Scooby-Doo 1, I remember really liking.
1: Yeah, no, I I remember going back years later and watching the second one. no, you're right. We aged out before it came out.
0: (laughs) Number four in the world of music. On June 4th, I just wanted to point this out. This is, doesn't have nothing to do with the song we're going to play, but on June 4th, speaking of things that would continue to show our culture in the years coming, Avril Lavigne released her debut album called Let Go.
1: <sighs> Avril Lavigne, man. like
0: That's a name that a name. is purely aughts. It's purely just the 2000s. It's not the 2012s and onwards. It's just 2000s. She but was I feel there. Like-
1: the only confirmation I had of her and the lead singer, Nickelback, Chad Kroger, that they were even both still alive was like I was looking to a Howard Stern episode. and He was like interviewing <laughs> them about their lives now. And I was just like, oh, my God, like you yeah. feel like those two were in witness protection or something. It's like what happened?
0: Oh, man. Uh, so now looking at the Billboard Hot 100 charts were the week after uh, Nelly's hot in here would hit number one. The week after this show, that's when he would so hit hot, number one. Man. Currently, he's at number two with the yeah. biggest airplay gain of the week that week. But sitting atop the Hot 100 is a song I'm pretty sure we've played before, but I can't remember. So it's uh, Ashanti with her song Foolish. <laughs> All right, Tony, now we've kind of revealed through a lot of this show that anytime we hit the the years that we were in high school, yeah. I have heard of all of them, but right. you seem to have been a person that is like, by the time you hit high school, you're like, I've decided on what songs I like, and I'm just going to stick to my genres. Did you know of this song? Have you heard of this
1: song? Oh, yeah. Like, okay. I, I definitely recognize that song because um, I would have probably only been in like eighth or ninth grade when that came out. So. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I hadn't completely escaped the top forty radio just yet. Gotcha.
0: So when, because when I first read the title of it and the name of the song, I was like, I don't remember this song. But as soon as I heard that, doo, 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 I was oh, like, Oh yeah. yep. This song was fucking everywhere.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Exactly. So no, not a bad song at all.
0: So that brings us now to the events of June fifteenth through the seventeenth of two thousand and two. Stone Cold's gone. Undertaker's a biker, and we're doing yet another Diva is fat gimmick. Oh, the Big Show still has hair. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's where so, we're at in the world of wrestling.
1: Wild and crazy times indeed. But yeah, for those of you out there that aren't familiar with a little show called WWE Confidential um, in the year 2002 or so, Spike was like, hey, you guys can have like 16 hours of television a week and we don't care what <laughs> you fill it with. And so there was a lot of content in these spike tv years they hadn't introduced
0: uh, a thousand ways to die yet so they had no way to fill all their time
1: (laughs) they're like seriously we're gonna get the wrestling company and they're just gonna fill all our time on our new network um but confidential was the you know in response to the dirt sheets and them trying to get out ahead of stories Ah, okay you know something that they really also kind of started to do with their website around this time where they were much more forthcoming about releases and maybe not the details but they would at least try to yeah. get out in front of the Meltzers of the world and the Wade Kellers and all those types. Um,
0: now, do you think that the, the having defeated WCW allowed them to feel that like they could do that? Or do you, cause do you think like if WCW was still around, they would ever have done this?
1: No, I think if WCW, yeah, no, I think if WCW was around, they probably wouldn't have done this. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be the company that's going to open up your yeah curtain and show the world what's, you know what I mean? Like h- how the cookies are made or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. But at this point, when you're basically like the only one yeah. running sports entertainment, you got to think even TNA, I don't think started until the summer or fall and, of 2002.
0: And, so. and their actual start is like well, a blip I, on yeah, the radar for Vince WWE at
1: the
4: time.
0: Anyway,
1: yeah. <laughs> it still doesn't know what TNA is. Like if you ask him, <laughs> he doesn't even probably know it's a wrestling company. That weekly pay-per-view
0: but Conf- company? What are you talking about?
1: But Confidential was, you know, a show that was going to try to uh, – do a little bit a better job of humanizing these characters, um, you know, bring their real life stories to the yeah. fans at home and uh and also in situations, especially like this week, um, you know, being as transparent as they can be, as mm-hmm. nasty as they can be as well, but on a story that everybody else was talking about. You no. know, this was something that everybody else was gonna talk about, so they figured, hey. Why not benefit from it ourselves?
0: And now that you've put the context in that this is an answer to the dirt sheets, it makes sense what they did for their first episode. Because when I was first looking at like the list of those first few episodes, I was like, Jesus! Like this is all the stuff I don't want to hear anymore about. Yeah. But they they started it off with the Montreal screw job episode. Like that was where they went right away.
1: But you have to think. Uh, but you have to think from their standpoint. It's twenty twenty now. And we've heard this a thousand yes. times. Yes. But you just got Shawn Michaels back in the company at that point. Yeah. You, know, you have to remember he was just he just came back that makes sense so you've got, got sean michaels and this story has bret hart's stopped. out of a
0: job I, so <laughs>
1: yeah bret hart is in canada you know probably grumbling and being upset about something yeah and hey let's let sean tell the story he's never told it he hasn't talked to anybody you know like so i could see them cashing in on that but yes with 2020 eyes you see something like, that, like oh god like no <laughs> anything it's, anything but something that talks about the screw job it's
0: it's montreal screw i can't remember what the second but like the third episode is the death of wcw and i was just like jesus like you guys have been doing this for 18 years now
1: <laughs> you people love it uh but i am
0: yeah. that is one that like if we're looking at things to talk about in the future i would be interested to hear the 2002 version of the death of WCW. what was vince mcmahon saying killed that company back then
1: Oh, at that point, I'm sure it's just we were the best and they <laughs> sucked. <laughs> their stars came begging for jobs oh. on their knees, and we all we sent them packing. We told Ric Flair to get out of here. We told Goldberg <laughs> we didn't want none. Yeah. No, I'm sure who knows. Riendous. Yeah, so confidential, um lighthearted most of the time too. You mm-hmm. know, every week's not the Austin walks out. This is pretty yeah. unique as far as the show goes. But it is something behind the scenes. If wrestlers were making movies, they would take advantage of it, and you get behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, uh, making appearances. Like it's a show that I remember pretty fondly. Of-
0: Sorry, lots of full segments just about divas because they're on camera.
1: Well, they have photo shoots and <laughs> yes. why not record them having a photo shoot and ask them oh. why they like having their picture taken?
0: And in 2002, you're talking about prime wild on e-network. Like that is what was on television yes. af- at this time of night. Like you got segments of just girls in bikinis getting their pictures taken for no fucking reason. Yeah.
1: Hey, that's what they did for a living. Good for them. Um, yeah, because you also had velocity. I remember confidential and velocity okay. like, Saturday Saturday nights were good nights. You can tell how much fun I had, but you know, you can watch, watch, you know, there was, watch Billy Kidman fight Paul London and, or, you know, yeah, confidential or something. Um, yeah, so this show is hosted by Mean Gene Okerlund, making his return to the company, which is cool to see. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's, you know, what'd you, you know, think hosting of, Yes. What'd you think of like, cause
0: we're watching like the third or fourth episode, fifth maybe, but, yeah. they've already got so many like just random images of wrestlers doing random things in the intro to this. It's like, did they shoot the entire season and then put it together? Cause like we get like an image of Chris Jericho drumming for some reason. I'm like, what is happening in this intro?
1: I'm sure a lot of the segments are in the can. Oh, okay. Yeah, Gene hosting them is probably what a That's lot of probably. the shooting, you know, what and how you end up putting the shows together or whatever. And then obviously, obviously the rare occasion you have something like Austin mm-hmm. where there's news of the week that you actually need to address so uh but yeah he's at a podium with a screen over his shoulder very simple setup here um he welcomes us to the show like you mentioned we get the open we get a little tease about austin walking out jr calling him a coward or in a roundabout way um yes and mean gene mentions that his actions monday night have left people scratching their heads yeah he said wrestling entertainment was on the receiving end of a
0: stunner of sorts um so yeah, that's the, but but first, we got to get to the lighthearted topic, Bobby Heenan's cancer. Let's talk about that.
1: <laughs> this <laughs> what? this whole show is just from a TV like person like standpoint when I like this like from a producing standpoint. Mm-hmm. I just you it's the news. What do you do in the news? Yeah. You have your lead story. You know. Yeah
0: but this is this is wrestling so we have to have a main event we got <laughs> oh i know exactly it's just
1: that weird way of like <laughs> promoting for later on it's like tv ratings also show like people stay you know will watch from the beginning and then you will you lose you know yeah vince has been producing television with this idea that more people start watching your show mm-hmm. as it goes on and it's never been proven to be the <laughs> fact but no even here even here he's still doing it like Stay tuned for that story you actually want to see. It's like, yeah. no, we just won't watch it, Vince. Like that, the shit doesn't work We've,
0: anymore. We we went to to school for broadcasting. We learned about like news production. It's the the right. reverse pyramid. Like you lead with the right. biggest thing, and then yeah. you assume that people. It's it's very much what Coliseum Home Video has shown us that they've, they they yes. did understand that theory. But as far as live too. TV, Vince doesn't believe it at all.
1: <laughs> at some point with the live aspect of it, he changed his entire mindset. Yeah, because I could not believe that and listen, I love Bobby Heenan and this is wonderful stuff. I just wish they had maybe saved it for another day because it really just kind of gets buried in this Austin thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, but anyway, yeah, we do get, we get some Bobby Heenan. I say fun. It's, it gets fun, but (laughs) unfortunately the reason we're really kind of here is because he has cancer, Mm -hmm. Uh, He's had throat cancer. Um, you know, and they Which, they're pretty they're pretty quick to move past the sad. But yeah, go they ahead. They
0: are, but like the way Gene like because it's Mean Gene, and the way that they're producing this like you know WWE was on the receiving end of a stunner, and then right. Bobby Heenan finally got into a situation he can't schmooze his way out of. He's got cancer. <laughs> Jesus man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's I mean I guess maybe that's a, maybe Bobby would appreciate that kind of humor. I guess that's probably true. Yeah, you're right. Strange. It's it's
0: right off the top. Bobby Heenan's like you know I've had throat cancer. I was told I have an 80% chance of dying from it, but, you know, he's like, I haven't eaten a solid meal for an entire year almost since, like, September. Um, and then he talks about, like, the book that he decided to put out because he, he just didn't have any downtime before. Now he does. So he puts that up. And I just... I like kind of the way that we just kind of, like, move through topics, and they just show clips, and then they'll go back to Bobby. It was a, it was a fun little segment. And then he starts talking about his, you know, relationship with Gorilla.
1: Yeah, no, it was really good stuff here. Um... It was just so odd because it's like you're watching this and it's like he's not dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just a very like cryptic kind of segment, too, I though, wonder because it was like.
0: If he knew that the voice would be de- continually deteriorating well, at this yeah. point, and, and so he, he was yeah, just I mean, like, we he, just got to get yeah. this done.
1: Right. No, yeah. This is one of the last kind of times where you see him before he, you know, probably mm-hmm. before he makes a considerable considerable change and he, you know, loses a lot of his voice and stuff, but see i get it from that standpoint i totally understand hey let's go interview this guy yeah for as long as we can and get as much as we can be, you know what i mean like i yeah, get that it makes sense it's just, it's just weird literally watching a guy like almost be alive and be a part of his obituary yes you know in yeah. a weird way but I get it. In the news world, we do this kind of stuff too. Hey, let's go interview so and so. I won't say any names because we don't know how much longer they're going to be alive. And it's like it's it's sad, but it is true. It happens.
0: Oh, so yeah, we've got like different wrestlers talking about you know things that are great about Bobby Heenan, how you know like Arn Anderson's like Heenan doesn't give you respect. He doesn't just hand it out. So he's like if he says good things about you, that means something. And this is while right. they're talking about Gorilla Monsoon and Jack Lanza was the other guy that Bobby Heenan says was the only other good man he met in wrestling. Yeah. But we get some fun clips here, and uh, this was one of them. Bobby Heenan would always come with something
2: that was off the wall, a statement that you would least expect. I told him not to touch that
0: midget. You never touch a midget. You never know where they've been.
2: (laughs) You're
1: disgusting.
2: You're completely disgusting.
0: (laughs) I just love Gorilla's responses. He's so good.
1: Uh, I'm telling you, those primetime wrestling are worth going back and watching. They're all a lot of fun. Um yeah. People would call talking about how funny Bobby was um, then mentioning the first time he came to Madison square garden, uh, being a part of the first WrestleMania, how integral he was to those, you know, the big boom years there in the mm-hmm. mid eighties. Um, we get the Bobby Heenan show, which is another fun clip. I like from this stuff where, when he's threatening gorilla, like I'm going to go do my own show and you're not <laughs> going to be allowed to get gorilla's just, okay. Yeah. Okay, fine. Go. <laughs> you not care. And
0: I just think it's amazing. In 2002, he then says, like, yeah, he's like, We should bring that show back. And he go, looks at the camera and does like the money sign and says network. And I was like, You guys are already talking about the WWE Network in two thousand and two
1: and so because this comes up pretty often on something to wrestle. Pritchard talks about that all the time. Like back really? to the late to like the early nineties, Vince wanted like a channel oh, okay. or like to have like a- it's always, yeah, he's like kind of this network thing has been in a roundabout way, something he's thought about for a long huh. time. But.
0: Also, interesting bit of trivia, if you're a football fan and you want to just school some people, in the 1988 All-Madden team, Bobby yeah. Heenan is officially listed as the best manager.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> he it's shows like,
0: the plaque and everything. I was like, that is fucking awesome. Yeah,
1: no, that is cool. I'd, I'd love to have that plaque. Um, yeah, so he talks about going to WCW, making that decision when his daughter uh, began school at Alabama. And also, it's been documented that he was just sick of traveling, you know, yeah. like,
4: yep.
0: just didn't, didn't want to do it. He's like, it was um, an easy way to collect a paycheck, got health insurance, yeah. which, of course, yeah. we're just after the death of WCW. So they are he's going to be the most like flipping about it. They're going to want him to be the most flippant about it. Like, don't yeah. say anything good about it. And of course, this is also the time when he's going to have the least nice to say, things to say about Tony Schiavone. Yeah, because we've heard that discussed on the Tony Schiavone show where he's talked about, yeah. you know, they ha- they had a bit of a breakdown of miscommunication at the end. Neither man kind of wanted to say anything, and it led to some resentment, but it ended up being OK by the end, I believe, is what Tony said. But I don't know, yeah, at least in his opinion.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, because Pritchard had talked about that, too, on the Bobby Heenan episode that they did. This that was the first time in Bobby Heenan's life that he had health care. He That's wild. Yeah. It just makes you th- I mean. And he was taking care of his mother, you know. So he had mm-hmm. to, I mean, he had to do it. So just, it's just insane. But I just it's thought like he really ever stop and think about the conditions those WWE guys deal with.
0: Oh, yeah. And then he's talking about how, like, well, in WCW, they never under—they wanted me to be an announcer. They didn't understand the character that I was doing. And they show the clip of him just going, what is going on? Would somebody please tell? And Tony is playing a perfect straight man, I think. But the way that they yeah. framed it with the the lead up and the interaction, it makes it look like Tony's yeah. just being a shithead to him the whole time. Yeah.
1: No, and, and you know what show that is? That's, <laughs> that's, uh, can you guess what that is? Do you remember I, what that we've is? We've watched
0: it. Because we've played yeah. that clip, and I cannot remember that, what it is. Is that the the that, top of the roof?
1: Yeah, that's Halloween Havoc 1995. Because <laughs> Bobby Heenan is the only person that's, like, taking that shit seriously. Mm-hmm. And nobody would, like, give him anything on it. <laughs> you know, he's sitting there, like, playing it as if a man just died. And everyone's just staring at him. And it's like, <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Like, <laughs> give me an update. So, yeah, no, it's funny. Uh, I did, yeah, like... So,
0: I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I loved his line about, you know, yeah, once WCW closed and I wasn't working there anymore, I called WWE and they put me on hold for 38
4: weeks.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. And then he would, of course, came back, did the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania 17, along with uh, Mean Gene Okerlund. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. And that really is that does at this point take you up to his time in company so.
0: yeah and they like they pulled a fucking like inception on me i thought we were back to like current days when it was like gene and, and heenan like in the back hallway and like the executive office and it turns out to be a bathroom that gene set him up and then suddenly we're like flash we're back to the actual current day i was like oh i thought that was going to be the end of that segment but no gene's got a few more things to say <laughs> yeah, exactly Ugh.
1: uh and then again it's still like all right so now we're gonna talk about austin right <laughs> but wait There's more. (laughs) Now team tosses to a video about Kurt Angle, which again, I'm like, this is all like, you couldn't give Kurt his own episode. Like, what are we doing here? Like, well, I'm
0: curious about this Kurt Angle. Package because it feels like they went into it probably thinking this would be a main episode and then they got done they're like we don't have enough to talk about <laughs> like,
1: yeah, like this dude's family is about as lame as anything <laughs> we've ever met in our life because you're, yeah, you're right because they interviewed the whole family it looks like and yeah. all they could come away with is this like three minute segment oh yeah the like, thing about someone like Kurt Angle is everything <laughs> after this is when his life gets interesting yes like yeah this man was a machine. About a, Boring as you could be. Yeah, I mean, he trained, he ate well, <laughs> yeah. he didn't break the law. He was ran Wearing respectful. up steep hills. Yeah, respectful towards his parents, <laughs> went to the Olympics, <laughs> won the gold medal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, it's a nice story. It's not the most interesting story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I was interested in hearing about his training going leading up to the Olympics, but then the thing that just cracked. So we're, we're talking about all this. He's talking about, you know, his brother's forced him to be tougher. He was an affectionate kid. It gets a little uncomfortable at this point, though.
2: Oh, my dad used to toughen me up quite a bit. We used to play this game called Machine. Remember that? Yeah. He would be a machine, and he'd have a stop button. And if he he started to hurt me too much, I would press the off button, and he would stop. And a couple of times, he tied me up in knots. (laughs) And he would keep going, tell me the stop button wasn't here or wasn't there.
1: (laughs) Until I'd cry and run into you.
0: (laughs) Ah, such a fun memory, man.
1: Uh, It's always, like, kind of sad when you hear the people that have those kinds of stories... Because yeah. the moms are also always like that as well. Yeah. Where it's all a big laugh, it's like uh maybe. But that also <laughs> borderline child abuse. I mean like as long as it was all fun, I guess yeah. that's one thing. But uh, yeah, you're right. It was just funny we, how I,
0: we established a safe word and then he would go past the safe word. What's right. <laughs> <and Exactly>.
1: <laughs> point then? Damn it.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. And he talks about how you know he never liked practice, but he knew that it would make him better, so he was always there. Um, He talks about taking on five guys in rotation at practice and how he'd get half the gym and the other yeah. team would do the rest of the other side. Um,
1: That's what I mean about this story. It's like, it is as uninteresting. You know what I mean? Like it's would just- you,
0: being that you're from a TV sp- standpoint, Tony, if you're right. making this graphic, and you're making this package, would yeah. you say, okay, your dad died falling off of a construction at a building. Let's go stand in front of that building while we talk about it.
1: Yeah. Where did he fall exactly? Could you point to the spot where his body <laughs> was limp and dying? Is there any blood that's still on the ground? No, that's Yeah, it's a, I mean no, I could but I could also see like cuz I also come from a family of iron workers. Okay. And so there's a lot of pride in buildings that my grandfather was a part of that are now, that. you know, the big bil- biggest buildings in the city. So yeah. I get that from him saying like, yeah, my dad helped build that is like where it's it'd be nice that you basically have like a memorial you can go
0: that's true look at. but it's also kind of
1: fucked up that it's like oh and that one he died building that <laughs> yes. one. Like, right. no you're not wrong it is kind of weird but you know people are all handle that stuff differently and
4: mm-hmm.
1: like yeah you know, i don't you know so who are we to judge but no on one hand the one building it's like oh that's sweet and he's like oh and that one behind it yeah you can't really see it yeah that one he died that's the one he died <laughs> like, oh okay that. that that's, that's a hard uh, right turn.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep, definitely. He put in 283 hours in one month training for the Olympics. That was his big thing that he was excited about.
1: Hey, listen, in the scale of people that, like, we should give a shit about, maybe Olympic athletes are are near the bottom of the list. But it is one of those things, again, in the midst of this pandemic. Like, oh, the Olympics, they'll do it next year. Like, yeah. they'll be fine. It's like, I know you don't care out there, really, people, but that's <laughs> one thing that I, I listened to a whole interview about how basically these people are having to stop and then start over yeah you know kind of like building their bodies up to a certain level and then after they go and do it a year out of the ordinary then they have to prepare on a year less mm-hmm. for, the, for the next you know what i mean so there's just yeah. i thought that doesn't matter to a lot of people out there but there was something that i just found interesting and when he talked about the amount of time you put into this it's like and they imagine you know a month before you're about to go do it they're like hey it's canceled like <laughs> yeah what you do? Like, I mean, I couldn't even imagine. You know what I mean? Like, that I, that would just be devastating.
0: You're not wrong there. Uh, but the thing that I think is hilarious about this. So we get the three-minute package, and the most interesting topic, how he went from gold medalist to being a good wrestler, is like a single sentence. He just goes, and, you know, I love my life now. I love my work. It's great. And that's the end. I was like, that was where I wanted it. That's all the stuff I wanted to hear about. What are you talking about? Why are we leaving now?
1: The other thing about this is I feel like this is the first Ten minutes of like the Kurt Angle VHS documentary that probably came out in like 2000. (laughs) Because by the summer of 2002, this guy has already been the world champion. He's won all the titles. He's because within his first year in the company, he had he was already the world champion. Gotcha. You know, by the following year Survivor Series, he was the defending world champion or whatever. Jesus. You know, King King of the Ring, all that kind of stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, he's. So it's just kind of weird, like it's just how you like how you said it. it. just, and that's it. I don't know what happened after that. It's like, well, he's been wildly successful. Is what's yeah. happened since then? Why, why don't all we talk the, about some of that?
0: All the footage that you've already got, you don't have to send other people out to get. Like you've got all this right. stuff you could, you know, call back to. But nope, we're done. So <sighs>
1: finally, finally, after well, we've for some reason talked about Bobby Heenan and Kurt Angle,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we got time one. to discuss.
0: One more commercial break-in where Vince McMahon called Stone Cold a child, and then we go to break, and when we come back from break, I just had to point this out before we actually jump into the topic, that Mean Gene doesn't know how to say the word genre.
2: It has often been said in the genre of sports
1: entertainment that art imitates life. I've never heard the genre before. (laughs) Ah, yes, the good old genre of wrestling.
0: (laughs) So... Yeah, we learned that Austin was on Bite This like two weeks ago with Kevin Kelly, which I would love to hear Kevin Kelly's like what he was thinking when this was happening.
1: And I'll say, too, something about I'll give WF credit about from that time. Bite This and Livewire. I can't even believe those shows existed. I think so far they're only on YouTube. You can go watch like old episodes of Livewire mm-hmm. where they literally on Saturday morning for like two hours. They just took live phone calls and people <laughs> would be like hey, why doesn't Goldberg fight Stone Cold Steve Austin? And Jim Ross was like, oh, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, It's just this, like I can't believe that oh. those shows existed or that they were even this open and candid because mm-hmm. now you wouldn't have Seth Rollins yeah. doing like – well, actually, maybe you would, but I don't know, doing Corey Graves' podcast or something and it being this me- open about, yeah, I think the creative sucks and, yeah, I think yeah. The, you know, the decisions they're making suck and I'm not having – you know, I just you, you wouldn't have that probably, or they re- wouldn't be the company.
0: Do you remember the first few weeks of the Twitter feed that would show up on Raw where they didn't know to like, hey, we need to skim all this and make sure we approve right. everything? <laughs> like okay. it's kind of like that where they're like, "There's openly showing you yeah. all this terrible stuff that people are saying about them." <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. It, so and with Vince McMahon sitting there while Austin was on the phone,
0: was he, or was that they pulled him in after the conversation? <laughs>
1: I couldn't tell because I was like, man, if Vince McMahon was just <laughs> sitting there next to Kevin Kelly the whole time Austin was going oh. off like that, ah, that would have been very uncomfortable for Kevin Kelly, I would imagine. But maybe it wasn't. I don't know. So
0: yeah, Kevin asks him what the bottom line is.
1: Steve, lay, the, lay it all on the line here. Give us the bottom
0: line. What's your oh, mindset dude, that, and how you feeling about everything that's going on with the Raw brand? Uh, bottom line
2: is everything sucks. I'm not happy with the direction Stone Cold Steve Austin's going. I ain't happy with the direction Stone whole Company's going. I think the writing has been pretty uh, substandard. I'll go on better than that. It's been piss poor. I guess if that pisses some people off, then that's just the
1: way it is.
0: <laughs> and he just keeps going with, like, creative bullshit. I didn't like it before Mania. I didn't like it after Mania.
1: Yeah. Well, this has been discussed, you know, in various formats and places, but this goes back to the WrestleMania 18 match that he had mm-hmm. with Scott Hall. Oh. When they brought in the NWO and that was going to be the big angle and blah 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 <laughs> and then it became time to discuss who would be fighting who and they went with Rock and Hogan yeah. instead of Austin and Hogan and uh gotcha. Steve was Steve was never not he Steve was not happy about that at all. So
0: I'm glad that you know some of this other information because like before this started, I I even put put in my notes. I purposely didn't look up any more information. I just have right. what I absorbed through the years. So it's yeah. like some of this stuff I'm going to need you to help fill it out. So I'm glad that you know that information.
1: Um. Yeah. So yeah, but that's that's so he he's been pissed for basically all of 2002.
0: Yeah. So that that was two weeks ago, and I don't know if it was one week ago when they got Vince's response or if it was that same night, but Vince refused to let Creative take the blame, saying, Well, next you know, next week Stone Cold he's you know Stone Cold's a great athlete. He should be able to run with anything he's given. But then he also like kinda goes like both ways where he's like, But I do understand where he could be upset.
1: Yeah. Well, and because So the WrestleMania stuff had him had, you know, he wasn't happy about any of that. Mm-hmm. But the thing that he flat out refused to do on that episode of Raw was lose to Brock Lesnar in a King of the Ring qualifying match.
0: I wondered if it was connected to the next big thing and how they were pushing him right now.
1: Yes, he was going to. I don't know what the circumstances were. Again, I feel like we were Pritchard saying it was going to be everything but the kitchen sink mm-hmm. as far as Austin losing that match. Oh, okay. You know, was it- now maybe that's not true. Who knows? Saying, you know, he's a professional liar. Let's just all say <laughs> it. But
0: <laughs> so was 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 Booker T? Like, did they when Austin walked out? Was that the like? Did they decide to eject Booker from the NWO, or was that already planned? I'm just curious. Like, how this all because that kind of worked out perfectly for that storyline.
1: I don't know if that was already the plan or not, but I, it does seem that like that would be a good pivot because that mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it may have been in response to Austin um, walking out like he did. But yeah, that's. Austin was pissed. Then he was pissed about the Lesnar thing, and uh, the Eddie Guerrero feud was is also a, one of the big you know, victims gotcha. of all this.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. So then we flash to this week's Raw, where Ric Flair announced that Stone Cold didn't show up. Vince gets his infamous line of he took his ball and he went home, and obviously I'm pissed off. <laughs> so we get that, and then we go to just the man that I feel like he was just torn between two worlds here. Jim Ross, who is sitting here talking. And I feel like Vince is behind the cameras, like be meaner,
1: say it meaner. (laughs) Uh, Because if you well, Jim Ross is also really put in a tough spot because it's his best friend. Mm -hmm. But Jim is also, Jim is good old Jr. But behind the scenes, Jim is head of talent. Mm -hmm. And so this is his job, (laughs) you know, like, the off screen character, Jim Ross. And he kind of explains that here at the top. What's that?
0: He kind of like has to explain it to the viewers here at the top, that that's what his job is. And that like, whenever there's a breakdown in communication between these two people, it's my failure. It's, you know, that sort of a thing. So it's interesting to hear him kind of explain and and lay the table out there.
1: Yeah. It's, you feel like this is Jim Ross being, you know, poked here quite a bit, Mm -hmm. you know, He talks about Steve, you know, found out he booked his flight home, Um, you know, manages to get him on the phone, I guess. And, uh, you know, obviously wasn't able to change his mind. Vince would go on to mention how this is the other thing that they love to bring up now. This is the the classic, you know, you get away with something and you think, oh, okay, I guess I'm cool. And then it gets brought up the next time you're in trouble from your mom. (laughs)
4: Because
1: now they want to run the story about, austin not showing up for two weeks after wrestlemania yeah which they wouldn't confirm before you know now all of a sudden you know that's the big that's the biggest sin there is you know just not showing up (laughs) i also always love i always hate how nobody loves to do this more than the wwe and vince mcmahon the whole well you know at the end of the day it's really the fans the fans are really the ones that that suffer you know but you know that, that 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 little kid that he came in his Steve Austin shirt, and he 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 wanted to be stone call with Daddy, and he, and then and then he 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 just didn't show up. I'd be yep. like John Wayne not showing up. I mean, it's just oh. Jesus
0: yeah. I mean, we're intercutting this with all these shots they've taken of vin- of Steve Austin, where he just looks a little bored backstage, and they're just like cutting those directly to like any line about him being burned out or anything about Vince talking about. You know, I can understand being burned out, but you know, you just you don't you don't punish the fans that way.
1: The biggest line that they tow that I am just ch- shocked is they all but come right out and talk about him being a drug addict at this time. Oh, okay. Cause like, they do mention it. Like, that, like, z- like stone- they, don't, they don't quite want to say it. And yeah. Jim gets into a very like, you know, and I know sometimes maybe you're dealing with a little something you got to do. Like they go <laughs> very roundabout and they use those shots when he is, probably messed up on something yeah you know like, because admittedly and he's talked about this is a bad time in steve william's life yeah this is domestic violence well that's what he's
0: like because jim ross even says something about like you know he went through all this tough stuff he you know he had you know he had this horrible divorce and he calls it a horrible divorce and all this other stuff
1: the deborah stuff happens around this time when Uh, okay
0: but th- but then like Jim Ross frames it as if you're tough enough to get through that, what the fuck? Why are you leaving now? Like that's how well, that's the way that they lay that- it out, and it's like th- that stuff's cumulative, man. You've also been working 305 days a year while all that stuff is going on while you're doing drug. That's going to antagonize that. I'm not trying to say Steve Austin was fully in the right or anything like that, but the way they frame it here is just so uh, you know it's it, they're they're purposely making him look as bad as possible.
1: Well, in the one line I, have have, I do have here, but really when they're kind of trying to basically call him a drug, a- drug addict without saying it, Jr. says, things, or no, no, where does he say it? Um, <laughs> oh, I just had it, now I lost Things will it. be
0: written? And he's talking about, yeah. like, the dirt sheets, he's like, yeah. things are going to be written, but all that's real- false. Don't listen yeah. to the press or Stone Cold when he speaks with anybody, just believe our
1: narrative. <laughs> oh, no, it's JR says, the real issues will be revealed one day. Ah, okay. And that's around a time when he was kind of insinuating See, the, you now, know,
0: I took that as the real issues being that, like, eventually, you know, it's going to get out that he just didn't want to lose to Brock Lesnar. But we can't fully say that it's about losing to someone here. See, I didn't even realize the fact that it could be the the drug aspect and they're also towing the line here.
1: I just felt like that was what they were trying to. They were trying to push and promote be. him as a person in a troubled relationship that's going through a drug addiction without saying makes sense this person's having marriage problems and he's a drug addict like is what i felt like <laughs> they were trying to excuse themselves cuz that would be the easy thing to do yeah and i don't know why they wouldn't do it why wouldn't you just come out and say yeah steve wouldn't lose to Brock Lesnar and in our business we call that you know i mean mm-hmm. if you want to like peel back the curtain peel it back and yeah be honest instead i kind of felt like they were trying to create a narrative about you know this Steve Austin that they don't know anymore that they've that's lost touch with reality. And yeah, because like isn't, so, isn't who he used to be.
0: Jim Ross at one point talks about you know you know they used to have a lot of they had an open conversation if there was something wrong he would come talk to them, and then the last few months I don't know what happened he just won't talk yeah. you know um, so yeah Ross is is talking and uh, here's one of my favorite Jim Rossisms
2: and I'm not big on psychologists and get on the couch time and I gotta have a sabbatical and I gotta have a quiet time and no. all that. Bullshit. You got a, a man's a man.
0: Yeah, men men don't need to talk things out. We bottle it up, close our eyes, and beat those bag puppies with a hammer.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's he, yeah. He uh, he would not be proud of that comment today. I don't. Imagine. I don't think so. But no, <laughs> that's that classic. And you were touching on it earlier. If that's that classic mental illness that they, mm. there's people that still can't wrap their their minds around the idea that like oh yeah mental illness is a thing and people sometimes they need to take a you know what I mean like and then sadly. The wrestling business, I'm sure, was as bad about it as anything. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Even just... Mental fatigue? What's mental fatigue <laughs> to a man, Vince McMahon, that works 20 hours a day, you know?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because oh, yeah, when Vince is like, oh, I can understand being burned out. It's like, no, you're fucking built you- different. You've not been burned out yeah. for 73 years. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, so JR mentions that, you know, I was the only person that was invited to Stone Cold's wedding in the whole, whole company. And it's like, well, that... What- should be a, a red flag that he's, you know, not yeah. having a good time if he's not inviting anybody else from the goddamn place he works.
1: Yeah, when he said that, and now I'm imagining that's probably the Deborah wedding. Okay. Which I'm thinking would have happened in, like, 2000, late 2000 or something. I don't know. Gotcha. But yeah, like you said, that's not... I don't know how great of a thing that is to think that you didn't invite <laughs> anybody you work with except for Jim Ross, like... Yeah doesn't say a lot about how you feel about your co-workers. And
0: then Ross breaks kayfabe. This isn't my character talking. This isn't good old JR. This is Jim Ross, the head of talent relations and the best friend. But he says, you know, I, I've i dealt with a lot of shit. I kissed a man's ass. I got pig shit covered on me. I still came to work. That's what work's about. That's what we do here.
1: It's like, you're not making a great case. <laughs> like Yeah, you, you just let Vince McMahon ruin your life and run you into the ground. That's just how this job works. <laughs>
0: I just also love Vince has such a creative way of like pretending like he's putting the blame on on himself at the beginning of a of a state uh, sentence yeah. and then suddenly just turning it. To, I just can't believe he did what he did.
2: Um, I always feel that you know that I have failed when something like this happens because I always thought that I went the extra mile for Stone Cold, uh, you know, more than anyone perhaps I've ever worked with. I always thought that that, that I've been over backwards for him, and
1: and this hurts. But he did what it's he did. <laughs> oh I know, that music's so bad. <laughs> yeah, Vince the third segment when they come back is when Vince really starts landing in heavy. Oh talking yeah. about yep. You know, talking about making this into a positive and this is a time for new stars to rise to the top and
4: mm-hmm. uh,
0: And this is when are, he starts calling him Steve Williams instead of Stone Cold or Steve Austin.
1: Yeah, Jared says this will create opportunity and fans will be the benefactors, <laughs> which we all know how well 2002 went from that standpoint. So, yeah, yep. I and hope they, Steve it, Williams will know. be fine.
0: And uh, yeah, th- by the way, when they went to break before that last segment, they totally yeah. like r- broke every rule of television where they had a question. And then they closed the door. They said, you know, is there a chance the Stone Cold's going to be back? And then they showed us Vince saying, nope, no chance. The door is not open. And then they went to break. I was like, you just gave me all the information. I don't need to stick around anymore.
1: <laughs> I know. I was really surprised. Did that. Yeah, because Vince does. He says the door isn't open for him to return due to a responsibility. And you'll note his listing here to <laughs> stockholders was the yes. first thing he says. Then it was to the fans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Says he can't trust him to come back. And they. JR says, I don't think we can trust him. Now he won't walk out again. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's just like, man, this is what a smear job. Like, no wonder. Because if you've ever heard Austin on his podcast talk about how pissed this made. I mean, I can imagine. Oh, he was so fucking pissed about this, man. Yeah, And then you have and then what happens at the end of Raw that we'll get to. Oh, Austin was pissed. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, you mentioned like Jim Ross here. In this is the, the the statement that I thought felt the most like they poked him until he finally said oh, it. Yeah. I was physically sick over the situation. To me, he was he was John Wayne. He never retreated. He never backed down. He always moved forward. And it's just he says it's guts to stick out all this red his personal stuff. He overcame all that just to go home. Now he, it's like John Wayne became a coward. <laughs> Jesus.
1: Oh man. And then straight up says that Stone Cold won't be back on Raw again. Yeah.
0: I'll be there. Stone Cold won't be there on Raw.
1: (laughs) And these sons of bitches. We'll get there. But Uh, these dirty sons of bitches.
0: But you do all this. And you know how we go to break for our final segment? Stick around, folks. Coming up, some funny Bobby Heenan scenes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, literally. We come back because for some weird reason. And, uh, yeah, we get the All-American Wrestling clip of him and Bobby hitchhiking. And then a best of Bobby video. And uh, I did love the <laughs> when Gene got him with the whole like getting mm-hmm. him in the executive offices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, all right, just let me get me there. It won't do anything wrong. And then he, you know, walked him into the women's restroom <laughs> and a lady screamed.
0: That was the inception moment where I was like, wait, what? We're, I thought this was the current, oh, I thought right. this was new information. When did this happen? What show was this on?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, funny stuff. But again, just so weird from a producing standpoint. Like, mm-hmm. I don't but, know. Hey, Steve Austin sucks. Hey, here's some Bobby Heenan, Heenan being funny.
0: One one clip that we do need to seek out at some point was they have yeah. a clip in the middle of this of Bobby Heenan and Lord Alfred Hayes doing a cooking segment. I'm guessing it's from Tuesday Night Titans, but Probably it looked like that, it went right, horrible time. and it looked like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, we'll have to find that. And I love this too. All, all this heavy content. Bobby Heenan has cancer. Steve Austin sucks. Next week we're gonna get to know Stacy Keebler. <laughs> oh my god, yes. It's like that's your tease. Like maybe you should have held the Kurt Angle package for next week, guys. Like yep.
4: No, they knew what like, they were hey, selling, dude. Out,
1: right. And not hey, check out Stacy Keebler's like beach photo shoot. Yeah. No no no. Like I, I think we're just gonna learn about the past of Stacy Keebler.
0: Up close and personal with Stacy Keebler next yep. week. Yeah. Wait. Oh, what a wild place! I'm very interested to check out more of the world of Confidential. Obviously, this one's a little bit different, being that it was like a breaking news situation. But yeah, but yeah. Don't get weird your hopes.
1: its it its probably never this good again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just tell you that.
0: Oh goodness! So that is Confidential. But now we go two more days into the future. They—they they put this out. Obviously, it was produced throughout the week, but it it, it aired on the 15th, and then on the 17th, we got to have another Raw. So I thought it'd be interesting to, you know, just see where they pivoted to, what happened next. Um, So that's where we're headed, Tony, to WWE Raw from June 17th.
1: Yes, to racist Shawn Michaels. Um, (laughs) We opened opened with what happened last week. And this segment, the whole time this segment's happening, I'm just going under my breath going, don't kick Booker T. Don't (laughs) kick Booker T. This whole thing is something stands out in the NWO. And I was like, oh, God. I immediately was like, it's probably going to be Booker T, but I hope it's not Booker T. <laughs> and he gets he gets in the big show's face, and I don't know, says he likes him, though, because he's big or something. Um, literally calls out X-Pac on his real-life problems, uh, talking about his lack of focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that he'd team with him any day. That's why Sean Waltman went through so many bad years, you guys. The, nobody was worse enablers than the click when it came <laughs> to Sean Walters. Anyway, that's a story for another day, because that's how they all treated him. Ah, you'll be fine. Just hang out with us. <clears throat> um, And then he just kicks Booker T in the face.
4: Yeah.
1: Because he was trying to steal the spotlight. What proof or past <laughs> indiscretions are there to call to this? There aren't any. I think it's more well, of what you guessed. Yeah. Talking about Austin is that it was like, uh... Austin's gone. We probably better fucking put the rocket on a baby face. What do you say about Booker T?
0: (laughs) That might be the case, because yeah, what what we'll come to learn is that they they say that the reason he tries to steal the spotlight is the spinner Rooney. They don't like the (laughs) spinner That's the reason he got kicked out of the
1: NWO. Sean's even sarcastic about his dancing. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, what what kind of a person you know would dance around (laughs) like that in arena? Obviously, he does all the time. Yep. So it was like tongue in cheek. This is also why, because here's the thing about this NWO. If you just take out all your context and all the things you know about all of this Mm -hmm. and look at a stable that is Shawn Michaels, let's say Hall kept together, Shawn Michaels, The Outsiders, Mm -hmm. Xbox, Big Show, and even throw in a Booker T wildcard as an NWO. Like before I tell you any other thing that's going to happen, I think that's a good group. Oh, you're not wrong. No, I think I like the group. I like the pairing. I love the idea of Shawn Michaels, fulfilling that dirt sheet prophecy conspiracy theory mm-hmm. from the mid nineties that he was going to go to WCW to join Hall and Nash and think about what that would have done to the wrestling world. The thing about the NWO and why the NWO worked was they weren't just there. You know, yeah. they weren't Los reekas. They weren't the disciples of Apocalypse. Like uh-huh. they. Ran WCW, they dominate like yeah. and that's why this thing never worked from the get go. Well, it, they kind of tried it at the very beginning with them, you know, mm-hmm. kill, killing the Rock in a semi and all that. Because that's what the individual has to do; they have to be the top dogs. Like they're yeah. just here, like they're just yes. kind of
0: around. Like, it's you know, it's the story that they're starting the show with, and it's like it right. feels like a big element in that yeah. sense but even when you watch like because i I've watched through most of last week before this and yeah. it wasn't the main event the main event was Ric flair versus mr mcmahon it was, the nwo was just in the middle of the show it was just yeah. a mid-show story like low Week was I hadn't thought about yeah. that but that's a really good comparison
1: well, i mean they're not yeah they're not just another faction you know because yeah. even think about evolution you know mm-hmm. if there had been a second evolution and i don't know randy orton was the leader and it had Oh, well, I guess that thing would have been called legacy. Let's say <laughs> let's say legacy had just been called evolution. Yeah. But they didn't dominate Raw. They weren't the champions of everything. Like mm-hmm. you would have been like, ah, oh, well, why why'd you guys even bother? Like, if yeah. you know, because otherwise you're just a nice little faction on the show. And that's not what the NWO needs to be. I mean, Vince McMahon, I'll never forget the night I was watching, because I did pop, because I was a nerd or whatever, mm-hmm. but, but sitting there talking about how he's gonna tear it down i'm gonna yeah. kill it from the inside you know and he turns around and you reveal that nwo logo i mean that was one of the biggest holy shit moments in the history of like <laughs> wrestling for me well like yeah i was like the nwo is gonna be in the day. you know yeah. like i was mind blown and so but they just they didn't again vince didn't create it so what does he do to things that he didn't create he's he pisses all over them <laughs>
0: pretty much. Yeah. So that's that's our intro to the show. And then we actually get, you know, the greatest intro theme of all time for Raw with get the guns, get the drugs and and, then, and play that fucking music.
1: You're going to make me have to like argue against Union Underground. And I'm not saying that this isn't in the top 5.
0: Yeah. I'll just keep it in the background.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just telling you though, dude, it's so hard to beat that first the first time that you get anything other than the
3: Oh, you know, when, yeah.
1: finally, when you finally get the you know too much war and not enough sky <laughs> like and the fucking flames and like the video that goes along with it that's such a that's such a badass open but this is also i mean this was this might have been the next one honestly really did like, they not
0: have something ah, between there <sighs>
1: Because, I mean, it's like everything's pretty much the same up until the invasion. And I'm trying to remember yeah. if like anything changed during the invasion or exactly how that happened. But, uh, yeah, no, that, that is definitely one of the most memorable because I just remember and being it's... a part of the video games as well.
0: Oh, yeah. it was Yeah, that's where I really learned it because at this time I wasn't a watcher. I was a video game player and learning the world of wrestling through that world. But the thing like when it, I love the way that they use the little whispery bridge as the intro to the show, we're like, they play the part of the song. It goes to this little move to the music, and that right. during that they're just doing fucking fireworks and pl- going nuts. And then as soon as the fireworks are done, the fucking song hits in again, and it's just a fucking party. Signs uh, are I- everywhere. It's it's a good. No. It's not a great time r- as far as like the ratings are going for the company. As far as those, they're heading d- downward a little bit, trending. But at the same time, this is like yeah, it just feels like such an exciting
1: time in the arena. No, you know you're not wrong. No, that's it's a great interest theme, and the uh, the whole presentation is good stuff here. So yeah, we are in the uh, TNN Spike TV era. Yes, the, the new TNN. Strange time. Yeah, they have to refer
0: to it as the new TNN, not just TNN. Yeah.
1: Exactly, the new TNN. We're not just your grandpa's Nashville network anymore. Um, <laughs> JR op welcomes us to Oakland. Talks about King of the Ring being this upcoming Sunday. We're gonna have two quarterfinal matches. Uh, We're going to have Brock Lesnar taking on Booker T, as well as Rob Van Dam and Mm X-Pac. And uh, King also tells us that we're going to hear the true story about why Steve Austin left.
0: Which I I was so worried we were going to get like a 20-minute just everything from Confidential that we just watched. We (laughs) do get a a lot of it, but it's not quite as long as we actually get Vince coming to the ring, at least. Right.
1: They basically give you... They basically give you like the 10-minute version of confidential. So
0: And dude, the shot that they take of WWF World, those people are losing their goddamn minds. <laughs> it, the,
1: the, pro, the problem with that place is because anytime that comes up on the podcast, and like Conrad mentioned, like the side of yeah. God, Bruce is like, yeah, problem is that was the only night that week that anybody was in that place. Yeah, you know, like that's where it... <laughs> You don't go but on a
0: Thursday. Way. You gotta go on Monday.
1: Because yeah. you look at that you're like, how did that go out of business? Because they're already like so they've already put themselves at arm's length. It's already mm-hmm. just the world. It's not <laughs> it's New York. They've, they've already like started removing their name from it. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, as soon as they decide, well, we're going to switch to WWE. Let's just, that's the world. Yeah. <laughs> but that brings us to match number one. It's the first of our two WWE King of the Ring quarterfinals. And this one is between the Intercontinental Champion, Rob Van Dam, battling the man from the NWO that can't keep his focus, X-Pac yeah so it's two guys that have been labeled as not able to keep their focus
1: right yeah i was excited about this one though the a uh, good match up here uh we have a loud xbox sucks chance oh, this yeah. was the peak of that whole movement
0: and you got it and it makes sense you know you've got the guys that are from the other company that none of these fans generally were you know they would have booed normally because they're right. just from the other company and now they're the nwo and like that music yeah. hits and the fans are just booing like they don't like these guys. They're done with them.
1: And this is the X-Pac heat. Yes. You know, phrase also. And it was because he was doing the same shit he'd been doing since he was the one, two, three kid. <laughs> and, you know, he was basically still acting like he was in DX. So, you know.
0: What did you think of the, like, the way that they went to, like, the skipping a few frames and, like, black and white thing for the oh, entrance here?
1: So cool. Like, again, good. just another like, another, like, really cool part of that presentation that. You know, you just, the group didn't matter, so it kind of sucked. But, oh, yeah, like, especially the first time that happened or, you know, the mm-hmm. first couple times that kind of thing happened. Oh, cool as shit. And then when you could do it on the video game, <laughs> that was the shit, man.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, we so. get we get the start here with the fans are already chanting for RVD after they finished their Xbox sucks chant for a second. Um, we get Xbox throwing some wild kicks as Jim wow. Ross says. He's glad you folks are here with us on the new TNN. And I just have your man. Someone has my favorite sign that I've seen in a long time. Did you did you see the Hey Mike, Hey Ritz sign? No. It just says, Hey Mike and Ritz, want to go get Chinese? And I was just like, I love signs that are just personal messages to people and they have nothing right. to do with the show at all. Right.
1: No, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Rob with a big back kick. And then the monkey flip sends X-Pac over top. Yeah, Robin clotheslines him to the floor. An moon moonsault. From Rob Van Dam gets a rise out of the king because there's nothing <laughs> I love more than old men that want to laugh about moves having names because yeah. they just blows their mind for some reason.
0: What's an acai What's an a- Jim Jim? What's an acai <sighs> Yeah,
1: yeah. So Hilarious.
0: RV does, RVD does his uh spot the spinning leg drop over the man draped over the barricade. And did you notice the fan that, like, he draped him in front of was just refusing to back his chair up? Like, he was trying to stay, like, he was doing one of those, like, oh, no, he's going to kick me. But he didn't move at all. He just <laughs>
1: stayed there. Right. I, I mean, you hope he's a plant. He probably isn't. But it's just, like, how obnoxious is that? Like, you you're literally want to get hit, don't you? Yeah. Like, you're trying to sue them or something. I got Yeah, that, that would <laughs> piss me off, man. Um, X-Pac would miss a slingshot flip and Rob would follow that up by hitting a standing moonsault for a two-count. X-Pac catches a leapfrog and powerbombs Van Dam. X-Pac then with a back spinning heel kick and covers for a two, and then goes to the dreaded neck crank. It's like, yeah. why? Just keep wrestling. You two are great. <laughs> like, just wrestle. You only have, like, four more minutes. All the cameramen are, are wearing their get-the-f-out
0: shirts at this point. Yeah.
1: Because this was... Whew, not it's not been long. No, because I'll ne- I'll never forget the first night I was watching Raw, and I was like, "Wait a second, are they saying WWE?" Like they don't. It <laughs> oh, wasn't so you didn't like-,
0: like this wasn't the thing that you learned about ahead oh, of time.
1: No, no. you know how, you know how this company <laughs> is. They just try to be like, "What are you talking about?" That's what our name's always been. Like, no, <laughs> the get the f out ads accompanied. Ah, uh, okay. But it was just like one night the Hardcore Champion came out and God, I wish I could remember what it was. But we were like WWE. <laughs> what, 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 what are they saying?
0: So you know, they're, they're, like you said, the wrestlers are doing pretty good when they're not doing this rest hold here. X-Pac attempts a Bronco Buster, but RVD is able to dodge it. He hits the clothesline. We get a nice heel kick, like a rolling heel kick, and also a blatant low blow by RVD. He then hits the Rolling Thunder, gets a two count, and the fans are have Stone Cold What T-shirts on. I'm like, oh goodness, so that's. Gonna happen at some point. Uh Van Dam gets kicked off the turnbuckle, he falls to the floor, but then in runs Booker T, hits the rock bo- I mean bookend on R V D, and the ref wasn't looking or X Pac. RVD comes back in, hits a huge five star frog splash, covers for the one, two, three. Your winner, and moving on into the semifinals, Rob Van Dam.
1: Yeah, Rob will meet the winner of the Big Valboski Chris Jericho match on SmackDown. <laughs>
0: So. Yes, and that's not Valvinus, it's Valbowski, as listed right. on the actual yes. graphic that they're going to show us.
1: Yeah, that was that was their big idea post uh, right to censor. We're going to call him the big Valboski. So goodness and
0: hardcore, hardcore Holly. That's his first name. is hardcore. Yep. So King says, speaking of the unthinkable, Stone Cold's gone. And we then get the confidential recap where they just basically show Jim Ross talking shit the whole time. They're like, Vince is gonna come out on camera. Let's just show you Jim Ross shitting all over <laughs> Stone
1: Cold. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Uh, so yeah, back from the brick. x fired up and pissed, and he's yelling at the NWO. Shawn Michaels tells him to stay calm. X-Pac wants Booker T now, and Nash says he has a plan. And then that's kind of the end of that. Here comes Vince McMahon who beat Ric Flair with help from Brock Lesnar last week to take full control of the WWE. That's another thing Austin caused there. Where they mm-hmm. had to come up with something great for their main event, and <laughs> Vince took power of the company back from Flair. So there you go. Thanks a lot, Austin. Um, he says the question on everyone's mind has been, is Steve Austin really gone? The answer is yes. Yeah. Sadly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, well, that's it. Thanks. All right, Vince. See you later. Oh. Nope. it's not quite.
0: No, he he goes on to you know talk about how you know one day uh, I hope Vince, you know, Stone Cold will, will come back. I'm like, what happened to the door being closed?
4: Yeah. Like, we are two days
0: later thinking. and we've already shifted our, our, our thing here. But yeah, here's a little bit of Vince.
2: Quite frankly, I really don't have the answer to that question, and I'll tell you why.
0: <laughs> That's when this starts as well. <laughs> you see,
2: Austin has a lot of explaining and a lot of apologizing to do before he comes back. Austin, when he walked out last Monday, it wasn't the first time he walked out on us. It happened once before the day after WrestleMania, when Austin packed his bag.
0: I, I love listening to Vince trying to, like, change his cadence to work against the what's and it's just not working.
1: No, well, you can't have a pause. That's why yeah. the what's hand is so terrible with wrestling, because it exposed that every wrestler cuts a promo the exact same way. <laughs>
0: Well, when you're talking um, in an arena, because, you know, you got to think about, like, the right. old days when you hear, the, like, the audio of fucking Lou Gehrig or whoever the fuck it was that did that, like, famous yeah. speech, Mickey Mantle. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. With that audio, it's like, echo, 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 yeah. echo, echo, echo. So, like, these guys are yeah. still working from that basis. And now the fans <laughs> are just like, fill it all with what?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So a lot of the confidential talk, the things that are maybe a little bit different is, I mean, talks about how Austin owes an apology to every superstar in that locker room. Mm-hmm. The company and each and every one of the fans.
0: <laughs> I loved the light golf claps. that he Because he had been getting wadded and booed. And then he says, and to each and every one. And they're like, "Oh yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, that's right. Respect <laughs> us. Um, he's not sure if Austin will ever come back. And the fans begin to chant Austin. Austin. Um, and Vince tells the story about last Monday when nobody could reach him. And I'm like what is this? Like he just yeah. has to like keep bringing JR in. but he did talk to one man. That man right there. It's like <laughs> and okay. he failed
0: to bring him in.
1: <laughs> Pretty much I feel like what's going on is like behind closed doors Vince is just constantly screaming at Jim Ross and telling him oh. that this is all his fault. He's like
0: I've got Johnny Ace on the line. He's coming. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's probably not yeah. <laughs> This, this is probably what maybe led to Jim. But yeah, anyway, so he brings Jr. back into it for some reason. Um, but now again, he goes into that. We must move on and develop new stars. And the winner of the King of the Ring Sunday will face the champion at SummerSlam. Which we all know, you know, they're honest about that. Brock Lesnar is on his way fast track to be a, oh, yeah. a big deal. Um, he this says is where, he sure, so Yeah, go ahead.
0: This is where he like changes his tune. Like we're going to, yeah. you know, we've, we've got the rah-rah speech about, you know, the champs and we're going to new develop stars and it feels a little bit like the new generation talk from years ago and then the yeah. attitude talk um yeah but then he switches gears and now it's time to talk about how you know but austin he'll never be forgotten and what stone cold did in this company it was fantastic and i'm sure in steve's heart he wishes the rest- wrestlers well he wishes you well and he even wishes our company well. i was like dude who are where are you talking for steve austin now all of a sudden
1: it's such a weird turn <laughs> like it's like you mentioned it's such a very different turn from confidential a few days before mm-hmm. um, and then even over the course of this interview it's a different tone yeah. you know what i mean like so yeah it, they're obviously backpedaling i'm i'm feeling like vince has probably already maybe heard from mr austin at this point and i i
0: wondered after confidential aired if jim ross just had like an angry yelling phone call from steve austin
1: if it didn't happen after that, it probably will have by the end of this episode of raw so
0: <laughs> so you know on behalf of the company, on behalf of every single fan, thank you Stone Cold or steve williams and and uh, you know thank you for the memories. Vince hands off the mic, grabs a Budweiser, raises it in tribute, takes a little sip, and then leaves it yeah. in the middle of the ring and I was like, oh, so this is <laughs> the second time that I've watched this company leave something in the ring, and it means nothing months later after yeah. the undertaker left this
1: shit in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much pretty much uh yeah pretty much um but yeah that would take us to match number two as the show must go on we go to break we come back and it's jeff hardy taking on raven yeah and
0: you mentioned that that first match was something that, like this is a good matchup X Pac and rvd this was one where i was yeah. like oh this is a cool matchup i'm excited to see this too bad yeah. we've got another storyline that does matters more for-
1: that's true, and this but this was good ra- good Jeff and good Raven. Although Jeff is on his decline, but yeah. um, I was a big fan of Raven at this time. Raven and
0: looks I- great except for his gear. It looks like he's got a trash bag tied around his waist and I
1: no, it, I, kinda like is, the, I like the leather skirt.
0: It is the worst looking leather I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> this is also I liked this Raven a lot around this time and I followed him to TNA, you know, it oh, was okay. too this, but He would go down there and have his good run. Uh, looking similar to this, yeah. Jeff and I like his the body, Kate
0: I like Raven's music at this time.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, yes, it's odd music. Um, tonight's wrestle or tonight's raw is brought to us by WrestleMania 18, the video game, mm-hmm. for GameCube.
0: Yeah, GameCube exclusive. Also yeah. by the film Eight Legged Freaks and Greyhound yeah. Buses.
1: <laughs> All right, that's, that's a lot of things. But okay.
0: King calls both of these men freaks, and we're told that these two wrestled on last night's MTV Heat. And we get a footage of this as a, a, one of the weird running things that we've documented on the show is announcers refusing to just say camera cable. They, yeah. they don't know what it's called, and Jim Ross went way out of there when he just forgot what a cable was.
2: <laughs> Jeff Hardy got himself disqualified by just going over Polls.
1: that television pole what? <laughs> what what does that even mean like what are you saying Yeah, I don't know why they're all so afraid just to call them what they are it's like they're not allowed to or something
0: <laughs> oh man so yeah that's. I just I had to point that out
1: but, yeah the Undertaker is watching from the top of the ramp they do a terrible job of really throughout this show <laughs> explaining to you yeah. any of this Hardy Boys Undertaker stuff
0: yeah like we know that he's upset with them and it's gonna carry over between both of their matches. Right. And we we know that Matt's upset with Undertaker because of something he did to Jeff, but we they never tell us what it is, they don't show us any replays.
1: No, no. and he's fighting Triple H Sunday, like at the King of the Rings. <laughs> but the problem is that's his SmackDown feud. Ah, okay. And Which, this is his raw feud.
0: Now I feel so is this after or before the Undertaker Jeff Hardy ladder match?
1: I think this is after. this is well after, actually, because that, so that seems was, like
0: that, that was, would be the kickoff was, to
1: this. That was hardcore champion Undertaker.
0: That was hardcore, hardcore champion. OK.
1: Well, maybe it was maybe it's coming up actually, or it's not long after because I feel
0: like that's on SmackDown.
1: Not well, maybe. I think that was on Raw. Was it? okay? Positive.
0: I could have. I, for some reason, I thought it was a blue area around them, but I might be wrong. That's just you know memories, Mand- yeah. Mandela effect.
1: Yeah, I th- yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think that we're around that same time. So that's what's going on here. Um, Raven and Jeff exchange very hard slaps to the face to begin this match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Slap the piss out of each other, <laughs> and then Raven just kind of wrestles him to the ground. Um, Hardy would come back with a head scissor, followed by a clothesline to put Raven down. Um, Raven sent to the outside. Jeff walks the guardrail, delivers a clothesline, but is then distracted by the Undertaker. Perhaps he caught a whiff of his cologne in the air or something. Undertaker's just
0: standing, trying to like look badass while watching from afar, and it doesn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ra- Raven slid Jeff under the bottom rope to the floor. That hurt. Um, he then hits a side rush and leg sweep into the guardrail. Raven drives the knee into the back of Jeff's head, coming off the second rope, and covers for a two-count. He would then deliver a hard whip that sent Jeff into the corner, followed by a clothesline as he bounced out. So Raven in full control here.
0: Oh, yeah. But Jeff's able to kind of reverse the momentum here, hits the jaw jacker, and then an inverted enziguri, and then a spinning heel kick to Raven, and a clothesline. King asks if Raven is wearing a kilt or a dress. And Jr. is like, both of these men have very unique styles. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, King.
1: I love, especially as Jr. is getting like older and like not as sharp. You know what I mean? Like he's just <laughs> not quite there as he was like a year or two before this. Yeah, because he just doesn't even try with the King. Yeah, on things like this, like the King's <laughs> trying to set him up like the good old days. Jr. is like, I don't know, King. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't you know. Like I don't even want to talk about it. Like he just, he's, he's not as much fun anymore.
0: Whatever I say, you're going to yell at me. I'm not going to continue on with this um so True. hardy blocks a superplex and hits a front suplex on raven from the top like sending him down and then the swanton bomb pins him one two three your winner is jeff hardy and then hardy stands up and glares at taker and taker does the i'm watching you thing and mouths to watch your back
4: it's just
1: odd <laughs> like the whole weird. situation is just kind of odd like whatever Um uh, yeah good stuff there though i mean it's you know fun fun match up there uh, we now see Booker T backstage. Cause again, in the the like the NWO is the sandwich in the Booker T Gold Dust friendship. It <laughs> yeah. had already been established prior to the NWO. Mm-hmm. And then like Goldust kind of got his heart broken a little bit. And then they just kind of gloss over it. And literally, they're just like, And you're friends again. Yep. Like it's just which I'm fine with, but it's just funny how <laughs> there's no buffer there. It's just kinda like, yeah, hey, and these two are back to hanging out with each other. <laughs> like Sorry, that whole NWO thing didn't work out, Booker.
0: And Goldust has a ridiculous beard on. He's also wearing like fa- false teeth and a wig. And Goldust, you know, Booker's like, "What are you wearing?" He's like, uh, he says something about being like the gold, the Duke of Gold. The Duke the Duke of gold. Of gold. So this is a Austin Powers three reference. Probably because he's
1: because uh, he's doing a British accent was, like,
0: with the false teeth, it makes it feel like he's doing Austin Powers undercover. So I took it as he's a dude dressed up as a dude playing another dude.
1: I thought he was doing like Vincent Price, like Doctor Fu Manchu type that, of a character here, or something. Maybe like, no, that
0: might not be not the, the case.
1: case. I don't, I don't think it
4: is.
0: Either way, it's not great. But what is great is that he manages to tell the future. <laughs> that would mean Rock Lesnar no. would be DQ.
2: And you would take one step closer to becoming King Booker. <laughs> King Booker. Mm. King Booker. Give me that dog. King Booker. I like the sound of that. You know what? <laughs> That's my first raw act. I hear by decree Brock Lesnar's going to get his ass whooped all over the place by the farm town WCW champion that can't down think it that, sucker!
1: Indeed I do, Booker,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, man. No, I love that. I was like, holy shit, King Booker. Like, Yeah, I this is two whole- years
0: away from that shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're not quite there yet. Because um, I will, like, this is like Booker. I mean, you know, good or bad, is on his way to WrestleMania 19 with Triple H. I mean, mm-hmm. so they do. You know, oh yeah, doesn't doesn't end well. But this is the beginning of a decent thing for him. That's Which we'll see.
0: Yeah, if you want to hear our thoughts on that one, we totally reviewed it. It's a ridiculous, ridiculous pedigree that wins after like a 20 second downtime. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and don't go listen to Mr. Pritchard talk about that. You oh, will yeah. only. He enraged like Conrad. Oh, because he just tried <laughs> to play the whole what? What else was the big deal is? Like, oh get the fuck out. Like Ugh. just that not willing to accept like that any of that was shitty mm-hmm. or that Conrad very like, you did this to him, you did this to him, you did this to him, you said that <laughs> and then you beat him. You know, it's yes. like, Yeah, what? It's like, Oh, you motherfucker sometimes <laughs> like anyway, sorry. It's like the if the there. if the
0: Jeff Hardy and, and Seamus thing ended this week. They're just they're right. done with it. <laughs> That's a, so now Now's
1: bad because it's 2000 yes folk.
0: but my favorite part about this is that at the beginning i was like oh jesus i was like I, I i've been a cameraman for a short time in news i know you've been a cameraman that's dealt with reporters this is the all right i want to walk while i'm talking why do you want to walk i i, I don't have a reason i just I want, I want to be moving all
1: right well we'll walk from there to there okay sounds good um yeah coach is backstage with a. Uh, the the lead story in the women's division in World Wrestling Entertainment at this time. Mm-hmm. Chris Stratus has been insulting the size of one Molly Holly's butt.
0: Which is amazing through the world of 2020 eyes because just the way that, like, the, the image of women be- women's beauty has changed over the years. Like, when you go back and watch this footage, it's like... Molly looks fucking fantastic. She looks well, great yeah. here, and they're talking about it yeah. like she's got this big fat ass. And it's right. like, just because she doesn't, she has an ass.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will say though, you know, even by today's standards, like if the you know if a Trish Stratus is in the room and a Molly Holly is in the room, like well, yeah, I could see that, but but no, I, but uh, no, you're right. I mean, it's it's ridiculous to think that there's anything wrong with the size of Molly Holly at all. She's interrupted while using a thigh master that she embarrassingly. Tosses aside Mm -hmm. and coach asks her to uh comment about Trish saying that she has a fat ass and a little extra junk in her trunk.
0: Molly, I need to get some comments from you about what Trish said about
2: you last week on Raw. She said you had a a, a fat ass, she also said you had a little extra junk in your trunk. Trish also said that you're
0: I know what Trish said, okay, and yeah, I was offended.
2: Well, if indeed you do become the new women's champion, then maybe you won't be the butt of any more jokes.
0: So Coach gets a big slap.
1: Yeah, at least he got slapped. That was good. Um, True. And then Big Show is giggling watching the show, which... Again, like this NWO yeah. is not going well. Like this is your big tough big show, and he's like laughing at the coach getting slapped oh. by Molly Holly.
0: This is this is like big show sitcom acting. It's not gotten any better. Good. This is bad laugh, fake laughing. Here is he's hilariously laughing at this show, yeah. and in walks, is it Kevin Nash here?
1: Yeah, Nash is there. Well, Xbox still mad. Like it's he has not being yeah. mad.
0: That's right. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and then so they're all trying to calm him down still, and in walks. Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, which again, what an image like Heyman and Lesnar, like talking to the NWO is. Just <laughs> yeah. How long this, that act's been going on. Jesus. He, ple- he pleads with them to leave Brock out of their affairs. Uh, you know, expecting retaliation and worrying that if they attack Booker T, he's going to win by disqualification. So I mean, it's a good story. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Um, Heyman says that Brock is the future champion. And tells them to stay out of Lesnar's match tonight. <laughs> and uh HBK yeah. and X Pac take exception to Paul.
0: I, I, I love the wording that he used, though, when he asked them to govern your actions accordingly. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. you got to love that from Heyman. He's like I said, it's the problem with Heyman is that it was great in 2002, and it hasn't changed in 18 yeah. years.
0: Yeah, it was even you know it was, I'd even go so far as to say it was great the first like year he was back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Now it's like, oh man, yeah, I know exactly. I can recite this promo without you even with the audio. But yeah, Shawn Michaels and X Pac aren't happy about Heyman even coming in. Oh, this is
0: so much. The company going. Where are we going from the from this point? This is them testing. This is let's have Brock get in Shawn's face. How's the crowd react? Listen, listen. Nope, nope. All right, have him get in Nash's face. Oh, the yeah. crowd reacted big that time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Problem is, is Nash's knees were already done so that was not gonna. yeah happen. nash ain't gonna
0: be able to lift up brock for a fucking no. la- Does like big Jack show knife? step
1: in here as well
0: i wanted it to but no he just stays back yeah. and just stands there because i thought for sure they were going to get all three of them stepping up to him but no
1: yeah guess what he showed up on raw tonight and got in the face of that ninja so there's that <laughs> going on um anyway 2020 folks um so yeah that that segment happens again kind of fun if you Act, treated the nwo with any respect. Yeah. This could have gone somewhere and been cool, but you know, it that's pretty much the end of it. Um Yeah, so that takes us to match number 3. Number 3. It's the only Harvard graduate in the WWE, it's Christopher Nowinski along with William Regal, the European Champion, fighting Spike Dudley.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just a singles match here between these two. Uh Nowinski seemingly fairly early on in his appearances here because we're going to get a segment with him introducing himself to Vince later on.
1: Um, yeah, no, this is literally like he's just shown up because he didn't win tough enough, but he's he's already yeah. more successful than the person that did. So
0: <laughs> so Nowitzki comes out, and I thought, are they going to tell us that this match isn't happening because he's just wearing khakis and a button-up shirt? But no, 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 this is a, a Naito fake out here. And yeah. so he comes down and begins undressing. Spike... Uh, is just, he's one of my favorite wrestlers at this point. I remember really enjoying Spike late, you know, in his later years as I began watching wrestling. But right. he comes down here, he attacks right away and pulls the shirt of Nowitzki over his head and kind of gets the advantage for a second, stomping on his stomach. But Nowitzki's able to send him to the floor and that lets him, you know, rip off the pants and get down to his gear.
1: Yeah, so fun stuff there. Um Spike drop kicks him to the outside like Chris back inside tosses spike to the floor i i don't know why that always makes me laugh in a wrestling match like someone gets thrown out they just get back in and throw that other person out but anyway um yeah jr
0: tells us that spike's a former school teacher and just the king cannot believe that
1: which is just funny that that i mean it's like is that the first time they've brought that up because that's (laughs) beyond the math level is when that first first i mean he he tells the story about how he was a third grade teacher before he did that okay um Yeah, as he's bleeding. Like, they're interviewing him outside after a match, and he's, like, literally bleeding from the forehead. (laughs) And he's like, so what'd you do before this? Like, ah, I taught third grade. (laughs) It's like, oh. And I love Uh,
0: that King is already shitting on Maven, talking about, Nowitzki lost to that loser? What are you talking about? I was like, is Maven already gone from the company by this point?
1: I mean, probably. Another just case of, like, the winners are rarely better than the runners-up in the history of Mm -hmm. tough (laughs) Which, um, Nowitzki, I mean, if you look that? at
0: American Idol, that's the case in a lot of those years, too.
1: Because that's why, ladies and gentlemen, the f- people shouldn't be allowed to vote. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because when, when we're Ugh. given a voice, look what we do. Um, Nowitzki hits a backbreaker in the middle of the ring for a two count. He then chokes Spike with his boot. Big clothesline from the Harvard grad gets another two count. Um, Nowitzki then just beats Spike up in the corner yeah. for whipping him hard across the ring into the opposite corner.
0: And I love that Jr. tells us how you know Nowitzki. He played football at Harvard. He was almost 300 pounds. And King tries to say that Harvard is such a better football program than Oklahoma. He's like, uh-huh. that's that's Ivy League. Where does Oklahoma play, Jr.? And he's like, Big Twelve. That shitty conference.
1: <laughs> oh man, I love it when JR's like Big Twelve. You know, like, he's like he's taking it all like really to heart. You know, and mm-hmm. King, King knows exact. King knew exactly how that was gonna go. Oh yeah, um, that was good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, Spike with the double stomp off the top rope to the chest of Nowitzki, followed by a battering ram headbutt to the midsection. Um, Regal, though, would distract Spike Dudley, allowing Nowitzki to hit a full Nelson slam, kind of. I don't know what the hell he was going for there. Yeah. Um, But he hit it, and he won. (laughs) One, two, three. Your winner, Christopher Nowitzki. Yeah, and then, like, a a, a
0: fucking video game, both Regal and he get into the ring and do these most generic stomps on Spike for a little bit while they wait for the run-in, but here comes everyone's favorite hardcore champion babyface, Bradshaw! (laughs) No wonder this shit didn't last very long as a singles act.
1: Always pounding ass, it's Bradshaw.
0: I just have, why are all the tag team guys in singles programs right now? As soon as well, they split up the company, they were like, well, now we can't have tag teams anymore. Right. Jeff and Matt about, have to fight. We can have yeah. Bradshaw
1: face guys. I was about to say, it's like because of the stinking brand extension. That's why. Because they decided that Farouk was going to be on SmackDown, and Devon was going to be on SmackDown, just, and Bubba and Brad. It just, yeah.
0: It happened so quick, and it's like you, at this point, you hadn't even had the guys from WCW let you down. Like, why I didn't know. you just bring those guys in and at least try them?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, that's a whole other problem. Um, backstage, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. And uh, we see that, and Jim Ross asking, well, what's next, Nature Boy? Or, I'm sorry, he's walking in, and J.R. is, like, asking rhetorically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote that down <laughs> wrong. You know, yeah, J.R. screams, what's next for the Nature Boy? And then we go to commercial. And then, oh, boy... You want to feel like it's two thousand two? How about a Tyrone Wheatley spotting? As it's the Oakland Raiders in the <laughs> in the house.
0: Uh oh. yeah, I didn't know who any of these guys were, and they're just like the, the graphic just said Oakland Raiders. I was like, maybe Tony knows some of these guys.
1: I remember Tyrone I remember Tyrone Re- Wheatley as far as like the running back goes. Okay. I feel like I feel like they said the name of one of the defensive backs and I remembered him, but yeah, it's just funny. And really historically. The, it's always like the C and D list players that yeah. show up for these. So you're yep. lucky if you get like one guy that you can be like, Hey, there's <laughs> that guy and the rest of the team that nobody knows.
0: It's Jerry Rice and the backup lineman. Like what's going on here? So right. yeah, Flair comes out. He gets on the mic, says, you know, a lot of you think I lost everything last week. He says, first off the biggest superstar in the history of the company walks out. <laughs> then I lost the ownership of Rod of Vince McMahon." He says he had to go home and look in the mirror, and then he begins interrogating himself, which this is always like my least favorite way that people give speeches or give probos.
2: Yeah, I probably let ownership go to my head. Yeah, I probably became a little bit of an asshole. Yeah, I made some bad decisions. Do I like not being an owner? No. Do I wish I still had the company? Yeah. Is life over? No. No. <laughs> Did I go home like
1: Austin? No. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh, but Everybody's a tough guy tonight. That's the other thing. I, I'd i like to know how many of these people could have looked Austin in the face if he walked up backstage. But, you know, whatever. Everybody's a tough guy now. Um <laughs> Rick Flair at this point is like in the same exact position he was in, like at the end of WCW. Yes. That's what
0: I was thinking. I was like, I feel like he's got the spiked hair again. Suddenly like...
1: he's like, he's like the disgraced former president of the company that doesn't really have like any direction for his character. And he's just here. Am I going to uh, start
0: wearing my, my black long sleeve shirt and wind pants to wrestle in? Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, he has one more good run left in him and he's not, he's right. He does. I mean, you know, Good is a you know relative term, but yeah. obviously evolution is on the horizon, and that would be and a nice perk I, for his career.
0: I liked his line about you know I lost a half step, but I'm still two steps faster than any of those other wrestlers oh, back yeah. there. You know I'm the nature boy, and you know get some of that that nature mm. boy in there. He says he signed a contract to be a wrestler here on Raw, and he's going to prove himself that he's got that one more good run, like you said. Uh, yeah. But he says before I say goodbye. He's going to prove to Brock Lesnar that he's the dirtiest player in the game. I was like, that's the name that you're going to call out right now? And then instead, Stone Cold's music hits because Vince McMahon loves to fuck with people. The fans get up. And then Eddie Guerrero's music hits. Oh, boo. And Eddie scowls his way to the ring. And he's still got the old, like, shaved sides, greasy mullet going on. This is one of my favorite versions of Eddie Guerrero. Oh, yeah, no,
1: this is awesome. And, uh, again, maybe one of the biggest victims of this whole Austin situation is Eddie. Yes. Yeah, well, this. I mean, ah, man, you know, like, what could have been?
0: What could have been? This segment, what could have been? Like, I, oh, all yeah. three of these guys, and it just comes off as such a bland discussion. Like, I have a little bit here, audio, and it's mainly The King and JR, because the rest of it's not all that interesting. But here, take a I listen am. to The King after the uh, the fake-out.
3: Oh, man! Latino Heat!
0: He's hotter than ever! That might have been the funniest thing I've ever seen!
2: I'm glad you found it in music. (laughs) You're pretty gullible tonight, JR! You said you believed Blair got one more good run left in him, too! Holy shit. So,
0: yeah, and at some point he makes fun of JR, because you stood up when that music hit.
1: Because I'll tell you right now, Jim Ross totally probably thought it was happening, because it wouldn't surprise Jim Ross if they didn't tell him that Austin was going to show up. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: that makes sense.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't like, are you serious? Like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to talk talk to him about that John Wayne line. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Eddie is all upset. You know, I can't believe you have the audacity to come out here and, you know, say that he's back. He blames Rick for Austin walking out, calls him a worthless piece of crap, and that's just too much for the crippler to take here comes Chris Benoit who (laughs) who again, like here's what's so crazy about the Chris Benoit situation too. He's been on the injured list since King of the ring the previous year. Okay. That's when him and Jericho fought Austin in a triple threat match for the title. Ah. Benoit missed his neck up, missed the entire invasion angle. And this is literally his return, like right here from breaking his neck and being out for a year. Um, so he asked Eddie, "Who the hell do you think you're talking to?" You know, tells Eddie how great Rick is, holds up the four fingers, says, "Ask him if he knows what this means." I thought this was a really great segment.
0: I mean, that part I thought was good. It just as far as like clips to play, I thought it was like, well, uh, well was, yeah. <laughs> no, like nothing was said in a really clever way or anything like that. It just, it all felt like it was, you know, it it made sense in like knowing right. the history of these characters and where they are after WCW. It's really cool right. to see this in the in the ring but just watching from a perspective of like, Oh, it was really cool. You know, this is a historic Eddie Guerrero promo or a historic Chris Benoit. None of this is historic to any of these characters.
1: Right. Well, what I think is interesting though, is that it it should, you know, it could have been again, this is all just kind of true opportunities missed and lost here because of how much things would change, you know, after all this happens, Mm -hmm. you know, Eddie, this didn't really stick this duo here. Um, yeah. Eddie says him and his family dedicated their lives to this business. And, uh, Tells Flair that his last run's gonna be worse than his time as an owner, and Flair asks Eddie if he can replace Austin at King of the Ring. Eddie says he's gonna do what he had, what he was gonna to do to Austin times three, to Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> and then Benoit, still defending the honor of Ric Flair, uh, again steps in and uh, yells at him. And then Swerve Bro, Benoit turns on Flair, blames him for holding him down. He's been at home for a year, thanks to Austin, and blames Flair for Austin leaving as well and ruining his life. And then Flair would slap Benoit across the face. That was a mistake. (laughs) Eddie and Benoit would then beat the hell out of the old man. So welcome back, Ric Flair, to wrestling.
4: Yep.
0: No, I did did like the little turn there with him, like, he's, you know, this man did this, and this man did this, and then he said, and this man took my opportunity. (laughs) And that's it. So yeah, so they're both just we're holding you personally responsible because Stone Cold left and ruined all the chances
1: for us. So (laughs) ruined our future feud.
0: Yeah. So the yeah, like you said, they're just they're yelling at Flair, they're beating him up here, they apply the figure four leg lock. The announcers just say, This is why these two men came out here. The fans are expecting a run-in. Nothing comes. We just we just no, beat no, up we. on Flair. Eddie's music eventually plays, and we go backstage to Vince McMahon on the phone. He's talking on the phone. He says he hopes that Eddie and Flair beat the hell out of each other, and in walks Chris Nowitzki, who apparently was doing the Dolph Ziggler introduction gimmick at this point.
2: Oh, wow. You must have gone to a school at like
0: Harvard, right? You know, Princeton, Yale, something like that?
2: Uh, actually, I'm a graduate of uh, East Carolina.
0: Oh, hmm. well, did I mention that I was captain of the football team and first team All Ivy defensive tackle? And I won the Dieter Prize and the John Harvard Scholarship. Phi Beta Kappa, graduated summa cum laude. got really? a 4.0 grade point average.
2: Uh, I- I'm impressed, but excuse me, the phone is vibrating.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vincent has flip phone. But yeah, it's, you know, so he's the braggart character that no one wants to be around.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And he played it well, he was very good at this. It's. You know. mm. Injuries cut things short. He cuts him off, says Tony Gurria. Tells him I love all the Tony Gurria talk we get So tonight. much Tony Gurria. We're <laughs> tag team champion. Uh, tells him the Stone Cold is on his way.
0: No, well, he says someone's well, on the way but he cut out and Vince says I just have to assume he means Stone Cold and he keeps right. saying I have to assume.
1: <laughs> this is what they're doing to you fans. Um, back from the break, Vince gathers security and Sergeant Slaughter. I like how he's been reduced to like yeah. basically Security at, as, at best tells them to leave Austin B, and then tells Sarge to get a camera crew ready to document what Steve has to say. Which I'm just like, why does the head
0: of security have access to just Im- just improv, just at the ready, on-call oh. camera crews?
1: Why wouldn't there be a, there's cameras following you around everywhere. Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Yeah. It just cracked me up. So, yeah, oh. they they're got, they're got to get ready for the big Austin comeback.
0: Oh, so now Austin, it's time. Jim Ross. Wow. Yes. Austin's on his way. This is amazing.
1: God. This company. Match number four, mixed tag team action. It's Trish Stratus and Delo Brown taking on Molly and Crash Holly. Yes. And I
0: feel like a complete terrible person for not knowing this until this week. Yeah. And I was like, wait, Crash Holly isn't Chris Candido. These are two different men. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, he's not quite no he, uh, similar in size a little Chris bit.
0: played skip and I just always assumed that when they became the Holly brothers that that was another one of his character I never I don't remember watching a lot of crash Holly I just saw him in the video game he looked like Chris Candida so
1: <laughs> well hey there you go nothing wrong with that um, yep two different people um, <laughs> yeah we got the cousins teaming up here and D'Lo didn't have anything else going on so yeah uh, D-Lo pancakes crash it's a leg drop for a two holly would crawl to his corner and tag in molly i love when like they tease like the oh you're gonna be able to make the tag in a mixed tag it's like you have to make the tag like there's no like drama to this like (laughs) if one thing does it you basically have to stop wrestling and go tag in the other person so
0: yep so trish hits a diving clothesline and a head kick and gets a two count on that from molly holly and it's at this point that the king is explaining the storyline that's going on
2: what about when Coach caught, caught Molly Holly earlier with that thigh Master? <laughs> i think it embarrassed Molly. I think she needs a butt blaster. That's the next big thing for that. Well, she has a very fully stocked trunk. Look at Trish. Oh, I'd love to be her thigh master.
0: Like And the thing about it is, it's one thing when the king is saying it, He's the heel. He's the side yeah. of this, But J.R. doesn't defend her. He just says, yeah, wow. she's got a lot of junk in the trunk. He then later says she's posteriorly challenged. And it's <laughs> like... W- why are both of the announcers on the side of anti Molly Holly?
1: <laughs> it was something that really started happening more and more around this time with J.R. Mm-hmm. Like attitude era, puppies, King, like J.R. was much more like to, quick to scold the King or to yeah. even call him out for saying, you're old enough to be their grandpa or stuff like that, you know, that would get the King all worked up. No, it, at some point, Jr. just kind of starts going along with this stuff with the King for the most <laughs> part it's unfortunate Uh,
0: well we get a we want puppies chant from the crowd because this is 2002 and the crowd still is like that uh we a molly go around attempt misses and both women tag out and like molly tags and like you said it was that moment of like she's gonna be able trish is doing the like slow crawl over and like crash like runs over like he's gonna stop her and then he's like wait i can't and just stands there and waits for the tag (laughs) yeah
1: exactly like oh wait yeah i have to let this happen um D-Lo with the leg lariat and the spinning sit-out side slam gets a two-count. Trish would spear Molly after she broke up that pin attempt. D-Lo with the sky high for the one, two, three. Your winners, Trish Stratus and D-Lo Brown. Yeah.
0: So then, because the storyline continues, Molly Holly pulls Trish off the apron and slams her head into the announcer table. D-Lo's able to run her off, but he says, you know, so, what does he say? I can't, I didn't write it down. He says something funny.
1: He said, back that ass up.
0: Yes. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I mean, whatever. That's a pretty clever right. line for the, for the story.
1: Yeah. That so, was
0: funny. And yeah, he checks on Trish, and uh, <laughs> then we go to the world, where we're in right. Times Square, and Lita has her neck brace on. Again!
1: Do we discuss why Lita has her neck brace on? <laughs> no. No, she's just there a neck brace. Yep. And JR
0: says, you know, I know it's tough for you not to be here when your boyfriend Matt has a match tonight against The Undertaker. How do you feel not being here? And yeah. she says, you know, well, I totally trust Matt Hardy.
3: Mm. You know, JR, even though I'm not by Matt's side tonight, he knows that I totally trust him and I really believe
1: in him. It doesn't mean I don't worry about him, though. I mean, I know he knows what he's doing with the Undertaker out there, and he's assured me of that. But, J.R.,
3: just sometimes it's not worth the rith
2: Well, indeed.
0: <laughs> that's why I said "worth the Rith earlier today. Worsk um, <laughs> the
1: <laughs> I, I totally missed that until right now. Good because Lord, that's... The
0: poor girl. Yeah, that's why it's awesome because when you're watching, she says that, and then we have to just sit on her face as she realizes, oh, "Fuck, I just fucked that up." And she's like looking to the side, and then she finally like <laughs> settles on it, and looks back at the camera as Jr. is going, "Well, I, I understand that. I, I'm sorry for this, and you know, hopefully Matt Hardy's gonna be okay tonight." You
1: know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's my other thing. I guess it's because she's hurt, but again, they don't ever explain that or have her explain that because it's like, yeah. well, why aren't you here? Like you, you could at least be in the locker room. We don't have to yeah. go ring side. That's true. And, so
0: now, knowing this in hindsight, with her saying, you know, I totally trust Matt Hardy, is this the time when her and Edge are kind of like teaming up and getting to know each other? Because um, doesn't that end up coming to roost no. in like 2004, or is that later?
1: That would be later. That would be... That Edge was hurt, I think, oh, when that happened. Oh, Edge that was injured, okay. I think it's when Edge isn't around. Gotcha. There's something, something along those lines. It's like, I, I think it's a couple of. It happens a lot closer to the whole Rated R Superstar thing, though. Gotcha, gotcha. So we're still a couple of years away from that. Okay. Um. Yeah. Undertaker pulls in on his bike. God, I hate Taker, but I hate well, biker Taker. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Because just he's in like a, a back in. hallway, and he like yeah. speeds up, <laughs> driving through the hallway.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't you love if you were in like the locker room and when he fired that stupid thing up and drove by? <laughs> um. Neurotica, DP. What do you remember about the great American rock band Neurotica? Uh,
0: not anything. Like this, yeah, when this no. name popped up, I was like, I don't know that at all. I've never heard no. that one.
1: Now, for every Shine Down and Saliva and others that were like more successful, there's mm-hmm. a lot of Neuroticas along the official pay per view themes. So,
0: yeah, their song "Ride of Your Life" is the theme song for King of the Ring. Ride of your life.
1: Uh. I love this next segment, too, as a camera person, because there's nothing that I love more than when the people that don't know how to do my job make sure that I'm ready. (laughs) You're ready, ready ready to go. It's just like, yeah, I also just love this film crew that that's all they do. Like those guys are such great actors. They just like put like look in their bags and (laughs) like fiddle with something the whole time oh, in the background.
0: Check their lighting rig. Yeah, yep. they're just kind of doing that. Yeah, Vince's. you know, he's got the camera crew, and there's a knock at the door while they're there. And uh, in walks Jackie Gata from Tough Enough. Not also. I, did she oh, win or did she not win? She won. Okay. So there was a girl and a men's winner then.
1: Well, she's from... Or is that a
0: different different uh, Maven? Yeah. Like It's not Maven's year or whatever. Okay.
1: Maven won the first season hmm. was there also a girl because there were two girls that won the second season it was that linda miles oh, okay. and then i'm thinking it was jackie gata Gotcha. yes it was because nydia and maven won the first season gotcha jamie okay. jamie noble's girlfriend yeah yeah. yeah.
0: and then, <laughs> so then they brought jackie and put her into a charlie haas girlfriend role eventually um <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, Jackie comes in and, and Vince says, you know, apologies for the, the camera crew that's here. She's like, oh, I'm used to cameras from Tough Enough. And I right. <laughs> was like, not not to mention this un- invisible camera that we're all pretending isn't existing that we're watching. Um, you know, Vince says, you know, what are you doing on Raw? You're a SmackDown girl. And she says, maybe she didn't sign with SmackDown. Maybe I just appeared there. Maybe I want to be a Raw girl. And <sighs> Vince says, "A week from tomorrow night, we're having a competition." And I was like, "What is this? What is he talking about?" He says, uh, "Like yes. it's called the Divas Undressed," and it's going to be uh, a week from tomorrow, so a Tuesday night. Is this just Vince like pr- trying to be like the creepy guy? Well, or did they actually have years. something on Tuesday night?
1: It was a pay per view. I'm pretty sure. Ah, they, the Divas uh, Undressed pay per view. Yeah, they produced. It was some like pay per view thing. I can't. Yeah, I don't remember much about it. But this continues the string of what how Vince... If you go back, this is how every female character is introduced.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially all the blonde ones, yeah.
1: Any, it's either Raw or smack, It's They all have that weird Vince's office segment yeah. where he gets really creepily sexual with them yep. and they usually giggle and return the favor.
0: A few years ago, and it was then, Trish, and then, and then, then that's it was the Stacey it. Keebler, then it was Tori Wilson. <laughs> yeah.
1: Stacey Keebler, Tori Wilson... Trish Stratus, Jackie Gata here when the Candice Michelle's of the world would showed up. You got this yeah. kind of stuff. If you, and if
0: you don't have to do this, then you have to have the lesbian pollen character. Right. <laughs> right.
1: So, so
2: good guy. D- yeah,
0: Here's Vince and Jackie.
2: But a week from tomorrow night, we're having a competition. It's the first ever Divas Undressed. Oh. It's a uh, lingerie competition, and if you decide to compete in that, then Next week, right here on Raw, you can come out and give me a little preview as to how you look in your lingerie. Well, all I have to say to that is Monday night, you'll see just how raw
0: I can get.
1: Oh, Jr. Oh, sit, sit, sit down. Get raw, Jackie.
0: <laughs> I love, I love, Jr.
1: Oh, sit down. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's, it mm. just, th- there you go. Like, welcome to the WWE. Yeah. That's how we value you. (laughs) It's like, Jesus, man. So that's Jackie Gata. Uh, And that takes us to match five. This Undertaker Hardy Boy storyline that we continue to follow, but no one explains to us.
0: Match number five is the undisputed champion, The Undertaker, taking on Matt Hardy. And like you said, we've got Biker Taker here. I don't know if this is, at the point, fake replacement music or if this was... During Kid Rock time, or if this was during Limp Biscuit time. You never know because the WWE replaced it all with this song.
1: Yeah. I think by now it is this song. Okay. I think. Dead Man Walking. Yeah. I feel like by now this was, it might have been still Limp Biscuit, but if not, it wasn't much longer after this. Okay.
0: So we see uh, highlights from SmackDown. The other storyline that Undertaker's dealing with, like you said, is (laughs) Triple H, where Triple H destroyed a bunch of equipment on SmackDown. He broke cameras and monitors, all with sledgehammers, and he shouted at the Undertaker and told him they'll see him in hell. I don't know what's happening here.
1: It doesn't make (laughs) a sense. So Triple H beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania for the title. Okay. Following pay-per-view, Hulk Hogan beat Triple H for the Undisputed title.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: The f- next month, The Undertaker beat Hulk Hogan for the Undisputed championship. <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure The Rock beats The Undertaker like within the next month or so. Like, okay. it's, the title just plays hot, hot potato for a little while here. <laughs> but why Triple H and Taker are now fighting? Triple H is one person removed from the championship. I'm guessing Hogan yeah. just wasn't around, so...
0: Makes sense. But yeah, we're told that he beat the crap out of each other on SmackDown as well. And then JR says, whose yard will it be after King of the Ring? So we're <laughs> big dog talk.
1: Oh, God, I hate this, all, all of that so much. Um, Matt is on top of the dead man early on here. Um, it is short-lived as the Undertaker would catch him with a clothesline and then the apron leg drop. Matt would fight his way out of a last ride and deliver a DD two, DDT to the dead man for a two
4: mm-hmm.
1: Snake eyes from the undertaker and then catches Hardy with a choke slam. But Jeff Hardy pulls the ref out before he can make the three count. And then an association that never went anywhere. And I'm sad that it didn't Raven would come out to assist the undertaker. Yeah. Stopping him from coming off the top rope. I mean,
0: could you imagine the super group? You've got the Ravens flock leader and the, the fucking corporate ministry leader here, and you could have put those two together.
1: and yeah, They're just a mean, nasty duo. I think they would have been all right, but it, it, this is it. This is the end of it. Um, Yeah. T- Taker hits the last ride on Matt Hardy because the match is still going for some reason. I was like, really? Yeah, the okay. ref didn't call it. He was He was, yeah. he was fine with being so, pulled out. Undertaker wins, and then things get worse after the match.
0: Yeah. Raven rolls Jeff back in the ring. He handcuffs Jeff to the top rope, and Taker just stomps on Hardy while Raven laughs. Um, Raven then holds Matt and forces him to watch Jeff get beat up. And I just have her, Raven laughs perfectly like a bad movie villain. Like he's just, yeah. he's such a, it's so much fun here.
1: Yeah. Uh, but then the Undertaker immediately has to explain his actions. Oh yes, yeah. Getting-
0: so, yeah. We go to commercial Terry break, Run. and then we come back. Terry Runnels is there. And she asked, what happened? And it's a very generic promo from Undertaker. Just, I don't beat up equipment. That equipment don't fight back. I, I hurt yeah. people, not equipment. All right, I'm going to make this short and sweet. It looks like you've got the short end
2: already taken care of. That's what happens when people try to make a name for themselves at my expense. Jeff Hardy, I think he learned a valuable lesson I hope everybody was watching. In particular, I hope Triple H is watching because they say he is the best the game has to offer. Well, he better bring his A-game to King of the Ring because I want to see what he's all about. Because this right here says that I'm the best. Until he has that, I guess I am. Triple H, you can beat all the monitors and all the equipment up that he wants, but that equipment, it don't fight back. I do. And I also hurt people, not TV equipment.
1: And tells Triple H that he hurts people, not TV equipment. So <laughs> we now go to Vince in his locker room, who gets another call from Tony Gurria, the star of the show tonight. Uh, Vince says he's close to the arena, and Austin has to be close behind him.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because
1: yeah.
0: he, he tries to confirm this time with Tony Gurria that it's Steve Austin, but the call yeah. cuts out, right? He says, now, now is that Austin? He it, he loses the call, and <laughs> it's like, all right, well, here he comes. Um we then go backstage where Paul Heyman is now buttering up Earl Hebner, saying, "Now, if if someone were to get involved, we don't want you to call the DQ, even if it's in you know yeah. our favor. Um, you just don't DQ Brock if someone attacks Booker. We did not authorize anyone to get involved in this match."
1: Yeah, Earl responds to that with, uh, "Yeah, I don't tell you how to do your job, and don't tell me how to do mine." <laughs> and then he just walks away.
0: Because Earl Hebner always has to get the better of everybody. That's the way Earl Hebner works.
1: It's true. And Booker would come up behind Paul Heyman and says Brock needs to look out for the five-time WCW champ, sucker. You ain't got to worry about
2: Brock Lesnar getting DQ. You need to worry about the next big thing. Getting this punk-ass, rookie-ass, whoop, and drug, took out by the five-time WCW champion. Why can't you dig that?
0: oh yeah no it i i really dig booker t at this time man like this is this is the the character that kind of got me and my first favorite care you know character just because of the music on the video game but watching this stuff it's like i i really like booker and i can't believe that it's just they just squashed it with the triple h thing
1: Oh yeah exactly Uh, we get we get a uh, get the f out promo playing on a woman getting a breast reduction because you know
0: because it's WWF and WWE. <laughs> yeah. But
1: now it's main event time. It's the King of the Ring quarterfinal. Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman taking on Booker T.
0: Yeah. And we get the uh, King reading the latest WWE magazine, where he explains <sighs> that Snickers Cruncher sponsors the King of the Ring that's coming up from Columbus, Ohio next week. And I was, I was like, why did you read the magazine? What was that? Just an image, I guess, just to have it on the screen, I guess.
1: Snicker Cruncher is basically a whatchamacallit.
0: See, I really love whatchamacallits. I never had a Snickers Cruncher.
1: I would say that's probably why they didn't stick around, because they're basically just a whatchamacallit, and whatchamacallit was like, hey, man, what what are you doing that for? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the NWO would come down to the ring after uh, the men were inside. Sean and Nash joined the commentary team, which why immediately ruined that. Sorry,
0: why is Sean and Nash in jeans and their T-shirt and Xbox wearing his shirt and the Big Show is in full gear with, like, wet hair and, like, oiled. Like, what is happening with the Big... Did, did someone, like, were they playing a rib on him? They didn't tell him that, oh, yeah, we're just going to keep our regular clothes on. You don't have to get in your stuff.
1: Probably. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. He was prepared to do a lot more than he does, though. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: lemon's yeah, uh, not attacks- happy that they're here. Yeah, no. Yeah, not happy. They would claim to just be out here to watch. You know, that's always bullshit. Uh, Brock attacks before the bell. Booker comes back with chops. Lesnar, though, cuts him off and hits an overhead throw. Uh, Mm -hmm. The men fight to the outside. Uh, Brock would send Booker T into the steps. Back inside, Booker is beaten into the corner. Here comes (laughs) Goldust to try to even the odds a little bit. Mm -hmm. Not so much. Well,
0: also during all of this is when Sean has his tongue firmly in cheek, and he's talking about why Booker doesn't fit in the NW. He's a showman and a dancer, and this industry has no room for people like that that would dance around the ring and do all that, and it's, it's pretty fun. It's, I, I yeah, enjoyed I that.
2: Why was he not here. Oh, are you kidding me? The man's a showboat. The man's a dancer. There's no room in this business for those kind of people. Are you kidding me? My God, JR. Come on, wait a minute. You dance? Did he come out? Yeah, it's completely different. His, it's a different style of dance.
1: No, yeah. No, Sean's fine. I mean, it, he tries to make the best of this N- N- NWO shit. He tries. <laughs> um, yeah, Booker T delivers a clothesline to Lesnar, then a big power slam from Brock. Goldust distracts Lesnar, and Booker T would kick the second rope into his crotch. Um, Booker then with a kick, followed by the scissor kick. NWO, though, now is distracting Booker T. That would allow Brock Lesnar to hit the F5 for the one two, three. Your winner in advancing to the semifinals in the King of the Ring tournament, Brock Lesnar.
0: Oh, yeah. And Brock and Heyman skedaddle the fuck out of there. They're like, alright, here come the NWO and you know, the NWO guys say, Let's clean up and they all get up and get in the ring with Booker. Uh Big Show choke slams gold dust as X Pac is choking Booker T. Pac has to be pulled off of Booker, and Big Show stands Booker up for Sean I thought for a Sean super kick, but nope, he's just gonna hit a choke slam and they all do it too sweet. I was like Yeah. <laughs> really seemed like a perfect time for another super kick, but okay.
1: Yeah. Uh Lesnar will face the winner of the Hardcore Holly Test Match on the SmackDown that week, mm-hmm. and I got to tell you right now, because this is a favorite King of the Ring of one of the, my favorite King of the Rings 2002. Uh, the Brock Lesnar Test Match is wildly is a, is an underrated. Oh really? Like meat slapping fest. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, they just beat the hell out of each other. <laughs>
0: so now we got to go backstage, where Sarge runs in to tell Vince that Tony Gurria is here. He's in the parking lot. And Vince says that means
1: never in the history of the WWE has anyone been interested in in Tony Gurria showing up to the building until tonight.
0: And also, how many times have we seen a camera all show cars arriving from the parking lot? And here we have to have Sarge running in and telling us about it. Um, Vince. Vince says, Well, that means Steve is close behind. And he says, he'll be waiting for Steve in the ring. You tell them to let him all the way into the ring. I want to hear what he has to say. And then he turns to the camera crew and is like, sorry, I guess I don't need you guys to document what he had to say. It's like, why did you need them in the first place? I don't understand this whole, like, get a camera crew
1: deal. None of this. It's all just, it's like, they're just making it up as the night went on or something. <laughs> like, good, yeah, this whole thing just feels odd. Oh. Uh, yeah, so he calls for a beer. And he's in the ring i'm sorry vince is in the ring he goes over and asks for a beer and says that it's for somebody else yeah and then says austin come on don't make these people wait
0: yeah come and on out have- here and say what you want to say to me yeah. and to this audience
1: yeah. and, and it's funny the star of raw this night here he comes tony guria folks
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i just wanted to point out when he right after he says you know come on out here steve austin there's a person in the fan and the crowd in the, in the audience. It has a sign that in 2002 means nothing more than his own, like I think his like nickname. It says yeah. "Catfish," and it's just like now in, with the context of what catfishing is and like the the bait and switch that we're gonna get right now with this Steve Austin yeah. thing. It just cracked me up that that sign pops up right then. Like you got the red. It's a red sign that reads "Catfish," the red herring of Stone Cold, and it all happens right now.
1: Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's what Vince has, like, done his entire career, is catfish the fans, oh, that's for sure.
0: absolutely, yeah, but here comes Tony Gurria, and yeah. he's not even going to get on... I wanted Tony on mic so bad, but no.
1: <laughs> no, he doesn't. He just comes out and whispers something, or at least or he says it out loud. He, I'm not, he wasn't talking about Austin.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> what do you mean you weren't talking about Austin? And then all of a sudden, after not being around since WrestleMania... The Rock's music hits, and here comes the People's Champ, and holy shit! Oh like, man, maybe as popular as the Rock <laughs> has ever been. Like this might be peak Rock because oh yeah, it hasn't been around since Hogan match at WrestleMania, you know. So mm-hmm. and he was on top of the world at that point, and you know, go away, and make him miss you, and man, did they miss him because mm-hmm. this place melts down. This is also like on accident a great way to begin the WrestleMania 19 storyline for rock and Austin.
0: That's true. I hadn't thought like about it, all, that.
1: it all kind of works out in a long form storytelling kind of way, mm-hmm. completely by accident for the most part. But like,
0: uh, I just wanted to point out before we get past it, yeah. just, yeah. you said that the, he's a very popular, like these fans are jumping up and oh, down yeah. yep. just for the music. Like they're yeah. losing their fucking mind. Like I thought the rock had been go- like it, the way they are acting. It's like, he's been gone for five years
1: Oh yeah. No, it's been like two months, you know, but, uh, but he was full time still at this point. So yeah, it was, he had to
0: go shoot the Scorpion
1: King yeah, after mania. It was, yeah. So it was, it, was, it was the first time he'd been gone for any extended period of time. But what's kind of funny about this is like the rock comes out. But if you think about this, this angle, the rock, his time back, he ends up becoming a champion, but losing to Brock Lesnar. So mm. he's down on his status in the company you know, the Steve Austin side of things with them to meeting at WrestleMania. They both have a lot to prove. Like it actually all kind of works out into being a hell of a storyline in the long run.
0: I love the shot of Vince as the rock is on the, the turnbuckle and he finally looks at Vince McMahon and then they take a shot of it and he's got the wide eyed, just terrified look in his face. Yeah. Um, Rock's got the old 2002 zip up side of your pants. They're coming unzipped as he's walking around. The fans are chanting Rocky. And the Rock shirt says, bring the ass. And I'm like, oh, the front of it says, we bring the whooping. And the back says, you bring the ass. So it's like, has he always come back with an ass-related shirt?
1: (laughs) Lots lots of ass shirts. Lots of. This is a lost one, though. Here, man. I wish I had this shirt. It's great.
0: Uh, So, yeah. Finally, the Rock has come back to Oakland. And the Rock says, Vince, what's wrong? You didn't expect me? And he says, he, he, he gets the whole, you know, it doesn't matter what you thought. And uh, The Rock falls, uh, falls off of his line. He, he flubs himself here, and he has to like just frustratedly finally yell out the last thing.
2: Did you think that Steve Austin was just going to walk down that ramp? Is that what you thought? As a matter of fact, it doesn't
3: matter what you thought!
2: you see, what you're bound to realize, it was not Stone Cold Steve Austin that came walking down that ramp. No, no, no. It was a living, full Brahma bull. Jabroni eating pie beaten, eaten. The Rock says he's walking fast, whooping ass. People chant The Rock.
1: Rock came out here to address the people and only the people, sending Vince McMahon out of the ring, giving him to the count of 15, <laughs> which I thought was nice. It's an mm-hmm. odd number. Um and then Rock says, uh, before you leave, take this with you and tosses the beer at him, which was a
2: Ooh, like, you know, <laughs> How
1: disrespectful. He, he doesn't like Steve Austin. Yep. So uh yeah. And then he goes off into his deal, you know, says he wasn't supposed to be back until next month, but after what happened, he had to take his first chance to come back. And what I just listened to this promo. I was like, does this all sound very familiar? Like the exact promo he cut when he was feuding with John Cena and he promised that he, was gonna, he wasn't going anywhere and that this was home and that yeah. he was so glad to be back. And then you're like, Oh, you're, you're not actually back though. Are you like, Oh yeah. It was word for word.
0: But it's also when you compare it to the time that they had rock come out and try to sell us Roman reigns. It's like, you guys yeah. always turn to the rock to try to, like, smooth things over with the fans. He's like, all those people in the back, all those wrestlers that you say you don't care about because Stone Cold's not here, they're here because they want to be here. They've got fire in their eyes. He's like, yeah. and then he says, if anyone doesn't want to be here, get the F out. And
1: uh, Oh, man.
0: Dude, it's—I mean, on one hand, like it's a great promo from The Rock. Oh yeah, it's awesome. But at the, the, like, it's just so weird to have him be the the guy that is here to to sell us the corporate line.
1: I know it's, yeah, it is an odd place for him to be—a r- weird spot for him to be put in. It says Austin can take his ball and go home. And as far as the Rock and Rock is concerned, this is home.
0: Yeah, so. I was born with WWE in my blood even though I didn't call it WWE until last week. um, (laughs) 50 years now, when The Rock's 80 years old, I'll use the People's Walker to step into the ring and be here to wrestle. So yeah, he's never leaving, Tony. Never leaving Uh, again.
1: Yeah, Um, he said that every time he comes back right before he leaves again.
0: And Jesus, the announcers mentioned that The Rock is 30 years old at this time, and I was like, I feel so old suddenly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's best not to pay attention to those kinds of things. (laughs) But (laughs) you know...
0: Sorry, yeah. go ahead.
1: Oh, yeah, it's, it is impressive, though. But, you know, when you think about Brock Lesnar's, like, 22 years old right here. Yeah.
0: Yep. <laughs> so he says he's going to be at King of the Ring, even though he wasn't supposed to be originally. If you smell. And sends the people home happy. Jim Ross says, The Rock's going to be at the King of the Ring. We don't know what for, but this is exciting. And King says, Who cares about Stone Cold? We have The Rock. And that's how the show ends. As The Rock's posing, we just go off the air.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, who cares about Steve Austin, right?
0: Dude, that is that is the like it just amazes me the way like the roller coaster of emotions and the way that they're addressing the Stone Cold thing. Like we have Confidential where he's a coward, he's John Wayne that's that's turn tail and he's yep. a child that went home, and then yep. we have the start of this show where he kind of says that, but then he makes it softer and he gives a tribute to Steve Austin and a thanks for the good times. Yep. And then we backtrack and who gives a shit about Stone Cold? We sure as fuck don't. That's the end of the show.
1: (laughs) It is. It's about as, like, jealous and, like, you know, hurt you can be as, yeah. you know, an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend goes. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. (laughs) Because that's kind of what it is. I mean, like, fine. I don't like you anyway. (laughs) You know, and it's like, okay, guys, that's that's. Kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah, and after all this happens, Austin's merchandise would sell great. <laughs> <laughs> With no sign of him likely to return, they stopped marketing his character and removed his merchandise from the company's website. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, because he gets a cut of that. Is what uh, I'm imagining they don't they were want him to do that. To, yeah,
0: that. makes sense.
1: Yeah, was what I'd imagine they were trying to do. Um, and this was just kind of it for a while Mm -hmm. Um, until the end of the year Austin and Vince resolve their differences in some way that's never really been revealed entirely (laughs) and uh, Austin agreed to come back at the beginning of 2003 Um, he would do an interview with Raw magazine announcing his deep regret over the situation and uh, and deeper regret over inaccurate speculation regarding his alleged grudges held against other wrestlers claiming he had no problem with Scott Hall and uh, he admitted he still held strong reservations about his match with Hall, though, at WrestleMania, only <laughs> lasting seven minutes, and felt the buildup did not live up to expectations. So,
0: Well, that's what happened with everything What Scott Hall did for the last five well, years of
1: that's, his career. That's very true, very true. Um, yeah, and then when Vince was on Austin's podcast, when you remember that episode, Austin mm-hmm. revealed for the first time that McMahon had fined him $650,000 damn but he lowered it to 250 so
0: (laughs) what a nice guy
1: and uh yeah had major problems with triple h upon his return who i'm sure was the company guy i'm triple h i'm a big douchebag (laughs) Uh, that's how i imagine that conversation would go but yeah he eventually would come back everyone acted like they were happy to see him i guess so
0: yeah yeah and because he like returns and very quickly like is the bad guy right? Don't they like go almost immediately into heel Stone Cold with like well, hugging Vince McMahon?
1: No, that's WrestleMania seventeen stuff. That's uh, oh past okay. That. I we're thought well two thousand three was no. the
0: year of of like Stone Cold heel, but is is two thousand three Sheriff Stone Cold then by the by the end of two
1: thousand three? It's like he literally comes back and has one match. That's right. Like, yep, he pops up at the beginning of two thousand three when Eric Bischoff's in power. He fights Bischoff at No Way Out in a not really a match
0: because we've re- we've reviewed that.
1: Yeah, and then lost to The Rock uh, at WrestleMania, and that was it. Wow. Wow. And I got fired and then became the sheriff. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, as far as Austin mattering or being an integral part of anything, I mean, this is it. You know, like, yeah, this is it. He basically, you know, comes back, has a match with The Rock at WrestleMania, and then that's it.
0: Yeah, then it's just office chairs and beer baths
1: for the rest of his career. (laughs) Yeah, not a bad gig, I guess, if you can get it.
0: No, so yeah, it's an interesting time. It's weird looking back and seeing kind of the way that the, this all pivoted. It was one of those things where when I was reading the description of the show and I just saw that the main event was a, a superstar returning, I was thinking like, is it Triple H? Is it, did, did, Big Papa Pump show up? I feel like that's already happened. I don't know. I was like, what is going on? And then for some reason, The Rock never came to mind. And then when it happened, I was like, oh, well, duh. Of course, that's what fucking happened. Of course, they were like, hey, Rock, get five days off or get like two days off of the movie set. You got to come back and yep. talk to the people.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's what they did. And this is just historically, this is kind of how these things end with the major stars, if you think about it, you know? Mm hmm. Nothing went well with Hogan at the end. I mean, that was, spe- you know, just problems all around it. The Ultimate Warrior clearly had his, you know, major mm-hmm. problem. Good God, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and everything that came with that when combination. Brock,
0: Brock Lesnar, even in a few years.
1: Yeah, in the mid-90s, you had Shawn and <laughs> you know Bret Hart and all the problems came with that. And then you finally move into this, you know, you build all these new stars. You have peace for maybe a, a short time. And then... All those guys and their egos and yep. Austin, you know, the pushback you get from that. And then Lesnar, I mean, now. Yeah. And Vin. Lesner, I mean, shit. Lesnar was in the company for a year. Less than a year. He went. He had a private jet already and didn't want to travel with the rest of the boys mm-hmm. and didn't like anybody. It was a big turd, <laughs> you know. And I only invited counts, one guy from
0: the company. I only invited Paul Heyman to my wedding. I didn't invite anybody else.
1: Probably, if even that. So, uh, Oh. Yeah, no, that just seems – it never really seems to end all that well. Unless you're John Cena and you are just literally, like, a living, breathing Boy Scout. And there's yeah. just nothing you can – you know.
0: Seems to be the case. He just keeps proving it more and more. So, <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, so that's – it's an interesting look back. Uh, that's kind of our thoughts, I guess, on this. I don't really have any other second opinions on this. It was a little bit of a, a weird time there. Um, but, Tony, we continue on. And we've Mm -hmm. got more to watch next week. And we watched an episode of Raw this week, and we thought, why not continue that and look at the Raw from the summer of 2008? Now, why is is 2008 special at
1: all? Well, it's not, really. (laughs) No,
0: it's not. They have no idea what they're doing. They don't know how to keep people on TV. They don't know how to keep people watching TV. They've just gone to PG, and people are not having it at this point. And so, what did the WWE turn to? Let's turn to paying people to watch our
1: show. Hand Vladimir Kozlov, I think yes, might have been too
0: Kozlov, goodness. Yeah, so this is McMahon's Millions. We're going to go and watch the very first episode of Vince McMahon doing telephone game shows on his show. It's not yeah. great, but it'll be interesting. I can guarantee no. you that.
1: No, it's not. It's, it's not fun at all. And I was just telling DP... I literally just watched a RAW from '97, where for two for like two weeks or maybe it was just one week, they did this. They called people before Summerslam to, t- to tell them they <laughs> won a chance to win a million dollars, and it goes terribly, like disconnected uh, phone numbers and yeah, it's yeah. it's fun.
0: Yep, this should be a good time if I remember correctly. The very first time that Vince has to make an outgoing call, it doesn't work. Um, so yeah. it'll be a good time. We'll we'll check that out and also just to see what wrestling is happening around that. Uh, but that is where we're heading next week, June 9th, 2008, WWE Raw. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to keep up with us, you can do so on any two places, Facebook and Twitter. For Twitter, it's at GrappleCast. For Facebook, just search for the name of the podcast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Deadpool1205.
1: You can follow me, Tony G, at BeyondSanity19.
0: And we'll catch you next week for another episode of Raw, this time, McMahon's Millions.
1: Alright, yeah, so wrestling's coming back, independent wrestling shows in Indianapolis being announced, two big ones this weekend, Friday, IWA Mid South with uh Mance Warner and Chris Dickinson, uh Blake Christian, a few you know, a is really the, solid
0: The man the yeah. Warner and Dickinson, is that like the headline event or is that just one of the events that are happening there? I'm just curious where Mance Warner's currently sitting on indie cards right now.
1: Well, he's like the man. Like, it's a okay, big deal. Nice. That he's going to be at, I Yeah, I mean, he's like kind of the man. One of the big, you know, in MLW. I mean, take yeah. that as you will. But that's where he's, you know, doing his best stuff right now. Okay. So, so it's cool to see him showing up at an IW Mid South show. Not oh, the, yeah. it's a place that he was certainly familiar with recently. Um, and then GCW making their Indianapolis debut at uh, the following night, and uh, another pretty stacked card. Um, you know, Nate Webb taking on Nick Gage. That's a, that's a cool match. Yeah. Oh, and the IW Mid show has a Ricky Shane Page Shane Mercer match, which I bet, which I bet will be pretty badass as well. Nice. Um, yeah. The, the, the you know solid stuff. Great to see that it's back. Um, but the the big boys are awakening as well. The real wrestling <laughs> is stirring just across the pond, and the New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, restarting their engines, um, you know, with tapings and events and without fans or small number of fans anyways a new japan cup incorporating heavyweights and junior heavyweights and damn near young lions and (laughs) legends like i i think it's pretty cool i like the wide array of talent that they put together for the new japan cup i Mm -hmm. think the first round matchups i mean are just alone or just wacky you know the fact that some of the heavyweights versus junior heavyweight matches that you're getting which is something that isn't all that common you know so it's cool to see them coming out of the gate
0: Yes. You might be ahead of me as far as like knowing information here. Do you know when like has it already started? Are they about to start? When When's? when can I start watching yeah. the first round?
1: You can right now. Okay. Already been, it just started. Um. Yeah. Monday day over there. So I guess
0: that was the I saw an image today hit like the New yeah. Japan subreddit of Tanahashi like in front of a bunch of other guys in New Japan shirts. I'm guessing yeah. that was like the opening or something.
1: Yes, yeah, so a lot of people were commenting on Okada without fans. You really can hear like all his like grunts and like <laughs> nerdy. Noise. I don't, I never knew it was a thing with him, but apparently people have already been onto that, and now it, it was like really, um, infl- you know, flared up without fans there to drown it out. Nice. Yeah, they returned June fifteenth, no fans. Um, they're going to be a third fool by the time they do Dominion. Okay, and they have nine shows in the next three weeks. Jesus. Because <laughs> I thought Dominion
0: had been announced that it was just n- not going to happen.
1: Oh, no, it, you know, it's just gonna, so so in the in those 3 weeks apparently we're going to get this new Japan Cup that will begin on June 22nd and uh I have here we don't you know we don't got I'm not going to spend all day on it here. Yeah. Um, but first round matchups for this new Japan Cup, we've got Togi Makabe taking on Tsuji. I know Nora you're Sushi. super
0: excited about that. What's that? Is that I know you're super excited about some Togi oh, Makabe. Yeah.
1: Just get Suji to the next round, please. Tomohiro Ishii taking on Desperado, <laughs> which is nice. Toroyano and Jado. That'll be fun. Uh, Tomoko Hanma taking on Hiromu Takahashi. Kazuchika Okada taking on Gato. Yuji Nagata taking on Minoru Suzuki. Uh, Yuya Yumura. You know, the young lion? Yeah, Yumura. yeah. Dude, he's jacked. <laughs> he's taking on uh, Kanemaru. So you're putting okay. there first round gabriel Kidd and taji ishimori finish out the left side of things here hiroshi tanahashi will take on ta- taichi in a first round match kota ibushi and zack saber jr in a first round match nice ryusuke taguchi taking on sonata show taking on shingo takagi uh, Hiroyoshi hero yoshi taking on yoshi hashi <sighs> hopefully it's a double count out um <laughs> yo takes on bushi uh saitoshi kojima taking on evil and the final first round matchup: Hiro Yoko Goto taking on Yujiro Takahashi.
0: All right. No, that's so, not. I mean, there's there's a lot of matches in there that I'm I'm at least intrigued by what they you know how it, it can play out.
1: Yeah, it's just well, it's just kind of cool too. And you have the situation where you still have a lot of guys like Will Ospreay, and people like that that aren't yeah able to get back into the mix yet. So he was expressing ah, okay. his he was expressing his disappointment with that. He just can't. You know, I don't think he can, and I don't think any of the Australian guys. You, you know, like gotcha. uh, El Fantasma or yeah some of those guys so but it's you know it's cool and man they're coming back hard you know all the way um also Reito, though. i think i saw something where both titles will be defended within like this stretch or something though
0: seriously i i just assumed they would just have the first defense be at <laughs> dominion or something but
1: i i thought i read something about like or maybe by dominion like, i don't know he's okay. gonna to defend both belts though within like the next you know nice few months so yeah so new japan Coming back hard, um, you know, and for the most part, it seems like they're doing it right. I mean, however you feel about how fast people are coming back. I mean, the athletes obviously are at a great risk here, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they understand that, and everything's being done, I'm sure, to monitor that. Um, but there are, you know, they're not doing fans, and I don't know. It seems like they have a, you know, a real rush to doing that as well. So we'll see how things I, go. But
0: I am curious, though, knowing the, not knowing, but, like, hearing the the, the tidbits of the way that, like, in Japan – it used to be with like the training you beat up each other you're tough you're you know you suck it up you keep moving and you keep going on i am curious yeah. on like the people that maybe have some underlying conditions or don't aren't comfortable like if they would be retaliated again i'm just curious how new japan would handle that because i've never you know looked into that or heard how they well, they are that way
1: well i mean you know and when you talk about guys like Hanma and tenzan and Eugene nagata mm-hmm. i mean these are men in their 50s probably
0: Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. there's you know. Tenzon feels like he's 67. I don't know how <laughs> old he actually is. But.
1: Yoshi Hashi looks like he's oldest <laughs> all of them, and he's probably only like 35 years old or something. But. Oh, true. Um. So, yeah, but awesome, good, great. They're back. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, no,
0: you know, no I'm so glad that you told me that I can go ahead and start, because I'm probably going to do that later. Like, not tonight, but tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to definitely if check not- that out.
1: Yeah, I'm not positive. I know I saw this, like I saw. I think Gabriel Kidd had his match because I saw, saw okay. people talking a little bit about him, but not positive what's happened so far. Um, AJ Styles won the Intercontinental Title. Yeah, that was good. Should have been on the pay per view. We talked about that earlier. My God. Um, but AJ Styles bad. Uh, maybe it's just um, CM Punk was critical of AJ Styles on Twitter. About his silence when it comes to Black Lives Matter. Oh, okay. AJ Styles fired back, says he is an entertainer and has no respect for CM Punk. As a you know, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean that was like the gist of it. I mean that yeah. was kind of like the was just, short...
0: because it seems like you know your CM Punk raised an issue and then he's just like not going to comment at all about that issue. He's just going to I don't respect you.
1: Okay, but in that but in that way the WWE can just sparkle something in your eye and turn you the other way. You've also had Randy Orton doing an interview with CBS Sports doing the whole, I didn't understand, now I understand. Oh, I was, okay. Yeah, like the whole like, oh. like
0: The whole Drew Brees. You know.
1: yeah, well, no, not quite a Drew Brees situation. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but I think it was like that almost kind of wiped this, like the AJ Styles thing, I was like, oh, is this going to be a thing? And then, I don't know, it just kind of <laughs>
0: I love the idea that like there's. I mean, I don't think this is what you were saying, but just immediately right. I I thought of like Vince has a list of guys that he knows have like public right wing leanings, and he's just like, right. well, if somebody does something, then we'll have you know we'll start here, and Randy, you're up. You go to the CBS and, and make an apology. That,
1: that's kind of what I am saying. Like I'm saying, <laughs> I hope like I hope they're not that sinister, but it like sure damn, seemed...
0: it. how do we get rid of Luke Gallows? We got
1: gonna... yeah. The timing sure was convenient because Randy Orton was already on like a uh, you know not he was having a bad week up to that point well the champa stuff i don't mean, you know if i saw yeah. that about though know, and he was yep. talking about the leg slaps then champa came back um you know it defended the stars and their hard work and mm-hmm. randy randy thinks they need to build up to the cool shit whatever the hell that means well
0: because you brought this topic up i do want to point yeah. out because it was a fantastic point that was made by waiting on their post on the post show um yeah he said you know it's funny that you know he had to use the punt to win when that's his leg slap move and he just <laughs>
1: All this shit yeah. And he slapped mind. his leg <laughs> Just let the record show And while we're on Randy Orton Somehow being in every Quarter of the wrestling news world mm-hmm. He also had a, a very nice Interview and things to say about one Austin Theory I don't know if you saw that oh, but No I didn't see that um, He said that apparently Austin Theory came to him Before he debuted on Raw I would imagine And asked Randy Orton if it would be Okay if he did his Fireman's carry into a cutter Oh and Randy was just, he, he's so taken aback that he even, he even used the word wherewithal. He was like, that this young man would even have the wherewithal to come up and to ask. Like, it was one of those things where you kind of want to roll your eyes, but then you have to remember, yeah. like, it's wrestling and this is how wrestling is. Mm-hmm. And in that way, it was kind of sweet and endearing a little bit that Randy was like, aww. Yeah, you can do it, little buddy. Like, <laughs> well, thanks
0: for asking. I, it's, I'm curious, like, was so this a? did you read this or was this something you watched? No, it was, like a,
1: it was a something I can't remember who was interviewing him, but it was a video. Okay, interview. so
0: you were able to get the emotion with it then. Yeah. I, immediately, oh, yeah. I was just like, I, my, I thought like, man, I thought I had my reputation built. Like, you're not supposed to come fucking talk to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? He must have been like, well, you look an awful lot like me, so it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and another, hey, let's just see how much wackier and screwed up we can make things. Paul Heyman has lost his creative control yeah. over Raw. He, I'm sure he took the news very well, and it wasn't probably a scene <laughs> at all. Um, he's now just going to be an on-screen character, which, you know, I don't which know. Which probably means and
0: Brock's so, leaving in about a year.
1: Right, yeah, probably. <laughs> and you know how everybody was talking about how great SmackDown's been the last few months? Oh, yeah, that's right. No, nobody's actually said that I was going to say,
0: like, well, we're doing piss segments on SmackDown, right. and you're... I know,
1: I know. <laughs> Well, Bruce Pritchard that runs that show, yes, that's right, that Bruce Pritchard, is now going to also be in charge of Raw. And if you've listened to something to wrestle in the last few months, <laughs> you know that Bruce Pritchard is already, like, running on zero sleep, and they've been recording those podcasts at, like, four in the morning, because it's, like, the only time he can, like, get away from Vince's phone calls. And now he's going to be doing both shows. So, Jesus. well, we can have a laugh for the fun podcast character Bruce Pritchard. Yeah like a looking at this from a critical eye standpoint like you were saying why why like because here's the other problem with Vince because there's been a lot of those things coming out now about how Vince is he doesn't he's not happy with the ratings and it's like Vince there's yeah a, you and I were saying and I Vince you know he's this kind of guy where you can't say a damn thing about that virus uh-huh. affecting anything is yep. probably the problem because it's, it's like dude there's that's why your ratings are doing what they're doing Yeah, we're We're kind of done watching this, like (laughs) the empty arena stuff, man. It's just hard. Yeah, you've got to do something
0: special to make me want to sit down and watch a three-hour show.
1: You know, so it's like that's what's hurting you. But no, Vince is digging his heels in. He brought Ed Kosky back. That was other. That was the other news. Who is another old? That's a name I remember hearing about. Like, oh yeah, he was around in the good old days. Kind of a guy. Okay, And, and, and someone else I can't remember the guy's name. So Vince is now reaching even farther back mm-hmm. and bringing people in instead of trying accepting these new ideas. Because that was the big thing with Heyman was that aside from apparently AJ Styles requested his move to SmackDown because he couldn't work with Paul Heyman. Oh, really? And was upset and blamed Paul what for Gallows that? and Anderson getting fired because he said that if Heyman had fought, that he could have gotten Anderson and Gallows a key yeah. job. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that was all that's the side. other side of things, too, is that I'm not really been impressed with a lot of the things that Paul's been doing either. But well, in the main event picture, he's done better.
1: <laughs> well, the thing I'll say about Raw, though, because I had even mentioned this a few weeks ago. I, I talked about how some of those skeptical things that were happening in the earlier days of Raw now felt like they were kind of paying off with some of these characters. Yeah. You know, feeling like, oh, OK, well, maybe now that does make Except a little for more Lana. sense. Now these, yeah. Like, wait, whatever. There were some <laughs> awful things. But now it, a lot of the thought is, is that a lot of these new guys that were kind of getting a push in the Heyman thing are just probably going to, you know, yeah. like, just... And that'll like, be the end of that. That
0: happens every time. Like, last time that we were, you know, back in the or mid-2000s when Paul got fired, like, there was people right. that it seemed like were getting ready to be big stars or whatever, and they just... Vince was like, oh, what's their weakness? Shine a spotlight on that, and let's forget about them.
1: Yep. Because <laughs> yep. Paul was apparently a big fan of the Street Profits, and you mm-hmm. see what Vince has done to them, turned them into a comedy act. Yeah. A a bad comedy act. And, you know, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander were two guys that Paul really liked. And then he thought he'd put them together. And then those two have disappeared. Like, there's just these, you know, some of these folks that Paul had, for whatever reasons, kind of been maybe trying to get behind and push, mm-hmm.
4: uh,
1: you know, are already f- kind of fading away, unfortunately. You know, like, you wow. wonder what will happen to an Apollo, you know, or to, yeah. uh, to an Angel Garza or, you know, some of those kinds of people. So. hmm
0: That's, I mean, that's a good question. It's because Vince is, you know, those guys that you've had around for a long time don't usually just suddenly get a chance to to prove themselves like, like the way Apollo has lately.
1: Mm -hmm. Not how Vince works. So we're apparently going to go back to proven, and that's what's going to work.
0: So the Rock's coming back.
1: Yeah, I I hope. (laughs) I mean, hell, it worked on this show that we just (laughs) reviewed. So uh, why not? Um, Yeah. So you know, a lot of things going on. We talked about the pay per view. Mm -hmm. um won't really talk about much that didn't happen on the pay-per-view other than with um if you didn't see it the peep show with edge was outstanding oh nice uh the raw the raw go home before backlash i'm not gonna spend a lot of time talking about it but awesome stuff christian doing the tough love and then it was like kind of like ah i was just pushing you kind (laughs) of a thing. like glad to see that mean all that you know but it was solid stuff orton also came out and you know nice little segment and the uh Main event on Raw that also probably should have been on the pay-per-view was Charlotte beating Asuka, which was a pay-per-view quality match that the main events of Raw and SmackDown, if those two matches, this Charlotte-Asuka match and the Daniel Bryan-AJ Styles matches had been on the pay-per-views, it would have made Backlash so much better.
0: Absolutely. So.
1: Absolutely. But, but hey, they put it on free TV for you all. So. Speaking
0: of not free TV, though, we don't want to skip completely over it. I know we don't want to put a ton of time into oh, it, yeah. but NXT no, no. TakeOver, man. Like We we were recording oh, last yeah. week when that was happening, and I just wanted to make sure you weren't moving past it.
1: No, no, no. The only thing I was going to maybe do is AEW first, we'll just okay. finish up on Dynamite. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll kind of correlate in-your-house results with you know the the fallout from NXT this week as well. Um Yeah. Really liked the the in your house presentation was cool. Mm-hmm. I know I say this all the time, but I'm I'm now in 97. I went through 95. <laughs> so I've watched all those in your houses with the house set with Todd Pettengale. Yeah, so it was like, oh shit, it's Todd Pettingale, and he's you know who they apparently you know how you know that was apparently the backup plan. You know what they tried to do?
4: Hmm.
1: Old Michael Hayes wouldn't do the Doc Hendricks character. Are you serious? Yeah, that's just a, that's just something I read somewhere that oh. that was apparently, apparently their first idea was for michael hayes to do doc Hendricks mm-hmm. and he wasn't having it so
0: that's crazy that he wouldn't want to do it just the
1: way that well, he bet it was a trick vince was trying to get him to cut his hair again probably <laughs> <laughs> and it would have only been for one night so maybe i could see that
0: <laughs> that's probably true no i it was right. cool seeing todd go there i liked the set it doesn't oh, necessarily yeah. not to go to into in detail it was weird starting out with that like weird metal band on that set
1: though Code orange it i don't know how it happened but they're one of those bands that every wrestler loves. Danhausen talks about them. Brody mm-hmm. King talks about them. Like all these oh, okay. guys like there's apparently some there's some connection with those guys that are wrestling that's outside of even NXT. So I, I don't really know what it is. But yeah, you're right. Those guys are all up in NXT lately. Like I feel like they've done a few of the latest like themes for the show and they're it's cool but it was a little bit odd. You're right. It was they were going for like a retro feel across mm-hmm. the board. Oh wait, except for this like random yeah. yeah good it was a good song, but it just yeah very kind of out of place based on the presentation that they were putting on you know kind of for the whole show and
0: i mean it wasn't That's my the, personal taste either i wasn't i was,
1: like, <laughs> I was, well, like I was trying to be nice <laughs> okay yeah, right. uh the adverts were awesome adam cole doing the bret hart mm-hmm. Ico pro shot for shot the ice cream bar commercials Dude, were fun
0: william regal i never would have guessed would have been so perfect like he needs to get a job doing that well, for some company that sounded great
1: well, and it's also, you know, the Lord Alfred Hayes. If you yeah. Remember, Lord Alfred Hayes was your you know, and hey, now for further consideration you know, mm-hmm. so Regal, it also kind of works in that way too. Um, yeah, the, so that was fun. The ice cream bars um, the Triple H Shawn Michaels continues his feud with computers, which I love how there is like a <laughs> running correlation of Shawn yeah. like over the years doing that exact <laughs> thing and so they just played on it again with the the Zoolander. I sure hope they understand. I'm sure that was inspired by Zoolander, the did you see him when they were like banging on the computer? And oh like, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. But,
1: you know, you know, when Owen Wilson and Vince Gilliard do that.
4: It
0: makes sense. Yeah. Uh,
1: anyway, that's so. So I loved all that stuff. I loved the retro feel to the show. And uh, honestly, maybe just run with these being in your houses. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the way you did it before. I don't know. We'll see. We'll or maybe just do it once a year. It was and just it'll funny it'll be though, because like
0: we were like, oh cool, they're doing an in your house, so that means they're getting rid of the word takeover, and it's like in your house takeover. Like wait, <laughs> takeover in your house? What what's happening here?
1: Like, no, no, no. There's still takeovers. Um, I thought the opener was solid. The six woman tag team match: Mia Yim, Shotzi, Blackheart, and Tegan Nox. Knox yeah. getting a win over Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. Um, six, six ladies here that have really s- established themselves as like, you know, the top women stars. I feel like in the company at this point. I mean, outside of your champion Io Shirai and that kind of stuff. But I mean, mm-hmm. like, there was a little bit of a time there where it was like, you know, who's going to kind of step up? Who's going to be? Yeah. You know. the the ladies that kind of take the place of someone like, especially Bianca Belair that's moved on now and Mm -hmm. Shayna Baszler and stuff like that. So uh, I feel like all six of these women have really stepped up and have put themselves in that position.
0: Does Shayna have like underlying issue? Where's she been for these like months? I mean, did did she get injured when she wrestled
1: Becky? er, er, Everything's a mess right now. Yeah. One thing. I don't know. Yeah. Someone,
0: but that was just a name that like you just blew my mind. That I was like, wait, she moved up yeah. and like then she's just not been around. <laughs>
1: Bianca, Bianca too, Bianca Belair hasn't been on TV, which in, is like, also weird because her husband is on TV every week. I know. Well, please don't keep her as far away from the street profits as possible. <laughs> would be my advice, but that's just me being yeah. mean. Unless she wants to get wrapped up in the comedy group. Um, yeah, yeah. I really thought this was you know good stuff. This is also a great way to you know Mia and Candace are feuding. On kind of like you yeah. know, the, on the side, is there? It was their very other. new Japan
0: in that yeah, matter. Over there, yeah, because you've got Those Dakota Sh- Kai and, and fucking Tegan Knox.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and then Raquel Gonzalez being the muscle, and Shotzi's aligned herself with Tegan in recent weeks. And in fact, Shotzi and Tegan are going to fight uh, Shay- Sasha and Bailey for the tag titles. Um, yeah, I heard about that. That's going to be good this, week, this week's NXT. So, yeah, we'll see how that all goes out. But yeah, solid stuff there. Um, another really good showing, I thought, from Damian Priest. He's one of those guys that, and this happens in NXT, you can actually manage to like move your way up the card while losing <laughs> at every one of these takeovers. Like yeah. it's, it's not an easy road to navigate, but some people have a knack for it. And I, it was one of those like in defeat where I still felt like it was a really it was a good night for Damian Priest. So, oh yeah, uh, and he's still figuring that character thing out. It's very Roman Reigns. <laughs> like there's something about his about cadence that. and the way he kind of like. I don't know. The way he. Well, and it's. Deep the, voice and, stuff.
0: and the arrow motions are very similar to, like, the, the cocking well, the yeah. arm thing. Like.
1: There is that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and Finn is the guy that I feel like is very quietly working his way to being the guy. Like, I think he's. If you ask me now, well, I'd be lying, because it might not be the case. But I feel like they're moving in a direction where Finn's going to, like, be the guy in NXT and end up winning that title. Like, he just keeps having these. Big matches on the side, kind of. Okay. Almost in a quiet way, but, you know, building up an impressive resume that I think will lead to him maybe being a contender for the title at some point down the road.
0: He's not really let me down since he's been back on NXT, so.
1: No, it's been great for that. It's absolutely, he's saved his career. He's absolutely saved his career. Well, Um,
0: his career in WWE, at least, because he would have been fine. New Japan would have been so excited to have him back.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, but that's the difference. If, you know, do you want to make millions or do you want Mm -hmm. to make hundreds of thousands
0: no i get that i'm just saying that you know it's not like we wouldn't have seen him anymore
1: no you're not wrong um keith lee retained his north american championship beating johnny gargano in a really good match uh keith lee is another one that continues to impress every time he goes out there and johnny even in defeat you know i think that this the heel character was has only been strengthened after this feud and is you know just fine moving forward
0: yeah, I like that match a whole lot. It was it was a lot. i again Keith Lee's another like Finn Balor and Keith Lee are the two guys that right now it's like if they're having a match, I'm gonna I'll tune in and watch well,
1: it. Well, funny you should say that because and since you said that, this week on NXT, <laughs> Finn Balor beat Cameron Grimes, who actually had a win over him. Okay, and so he got he got his win back, and uh, and then he just talks into the camera and says, Keith Lee, when you're done playing house, come and see me. And oh, nice. Me gun- Held the guns up, so I think we may be making our way towards a Finn Balor Keith Lee match. That which that'll be good. Looking forward to that. What did you think of the backlot brawl?
0: The the fucking headlights. I wasn't yeah. a fan. It, it didn't it didn't click for me. It never fully like came together, and I, I just it kept going, and I was just like, ah, I'm I don't know. I've not been a fan of many, basically any of the cinematic things that NXT has done.
1: Well, no, when I start, right, pe- they when I start stacking great. them
0: up like they've all been less than they, nothing is compared to the WrestleMania stuff that, that they did, well, which makes well, sense. That's-, that's the biggest show. But at the same time, it's a cinematic thing. So you should be able to recreate or at least get some creativity in some of it.
1: You're not wrong. No, that's a good point. But it's it's funny it that- wasn't.
0: Sorry, I don't want to cut you
1: off completely no, right.
0: there. Um, one of the things I wanted to point out about that match was as I was listening and reading and hearing other people's comments on it afterwards. There's I've, seen, I've heard a lot of people saying the same thing that you've said for the last, like, three weeks or so, that just something, they don't know what it is, but something about Velveteen Dream isn't working yeah. anymore. And it's, I think that that's, it's interesting that more people are seeing that than just our podcast that we were talking.
1: It, it was on display in this match as much as anything. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, the Negan cosplay was really cool. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know that it made a whole lot of sense I, you know, I don't know you know what i mean like it's just to do that as such a detachment from your character that i already kind of feel like you're a little detached from and <laughs> this is all apparently taking place when he's about to go up to the main roster apparently yeah and i'm just worried it's like who's going to the main roster
4: oh, that's a
0: good yeah, that's it, a good question
1: If it's the velveteen dream from the last three or four months i don't have a lot of hope that it's going to work out like yeah I don't know. I we'll see what happens. Maybe, you know, it'll click without fans there. It's really only up to Vince at that point if it clicks yep. or not. Um, which I can only imagine how terrifying that must be for wrestlers. Um <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. You know, because you bring him in and, and what does he do? You know, like, yeah.
0: like I could see you, Vince because of you know, I could just see Vince being like, Well, let's you know, make him the new gold dust. Just have him just do that It's somewhat, somewhat of the the character, but it's not really what the character is, but I could see Vince seeing that element of it and just being like, that's the entire thing, and just well going all out
1: I felt like in the earlier days of the character, there was more of a gold dust kind of a yeah. feel to it, and not in a negative way, but I think in a you know in a good way in my opinion okay um, not that he was like ripping it off, but it just had that kind of a feel, Yeah, you know? no, know before you the before they did the disgusting <laughs> gold dust angle where they made him, you know, well, aren't you?
2: Yeah, yeah. No.
1: And then everyone <laughs> cheered because he wasn't gay. like. Everything after that was terrible. But the gold dust that was mysterious, mm-hmm. and the, I'll use that awful word, androgynous. As
0: Bruce's, <laughs> Bruce's favorite you know, word.
1: But, you know, I don't know. That was, that was the peak of that character, I felt like, before yeah. they kind of felt like they had to make decisions on things. So with Velveteen Dream, I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying he isn't so wildly talented and can't, doesn't still go out there and put on good matches. I just, from a character standpoint, I feel like it's been kind of really muddied up in the last few months. Was, when it, when it's easy to be the babyface fighting the Undisputed Era, you know? Yeah. Like it, I don't know. I feel like they kind of complicated things.
0: No, I agree with that. That makes sense. Yeah. So, the match but, itself, yeah, though, it, I felt like it was a bit of a letdown.
1: Yeah. The fight itself was fun. The, uh, Dexter Loomis abducting Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish and all I like the that from that's been fun. This week they finally returned to NXT and you know, Roddy looked like he hadn't slept in a week and his hair was all messed <laughs> up and he kept he was like he kept being like, There he is, there he is and he, you know, he wasn't there. Like okay. he kept seeing Dexter Loomis. And then they took a shot in the crowd and he was there at one point and stuff. So it's just it's been kind of fun how that's been going on and Roddy's been nailing it. Nice. Um, but yeah, and then the other big match, um, we had Karrion and Cross picking up a victory over Tommaso Ciampa. Um, you know, a, really a squash for the most part yeah. here. There was um, weird they- placement
0: in the show, like having it right. Like I get that they want to put it like later in the show because he's a big deal, but because it's a squash right. match and it feels like it should have been on NXT, it's like it just was a weird timing to be like, all right, this is going to be the second to main, main event. Like, yeah.
1: But you're not promoting this, like expecting a squash. I thought that was kind of like, what was like kind of good, cool about it. And was good for the character was the fact that he did cr- squash Tomaso. you know, like, I don't think that was okay. the expectation, you yeah. know, like you didn't but put just, it here. It was a surprise.
0: That's true, I guess. And I guess maybe I'm overlooking that the guys that, you know, were being built on takeovers in the past, but it just seems like when I'm looking at, you know, a takeover, I'm getting especially to the last like three matches, I'm usually expecting something a little more as far as like a, a, a you know, competition versus this kind right. of style of match. But I get, you know, it, it did what it was supposed to do. You're not wrong there, and it's right. they're continuing to work on this character, so.
1: Yeah. Well, and then speaking of this character on the main this week on NXT, Adam Cole Beat Dexter Loomis in the main event. It was pretty good stuff there. Um, as he celebrated, the lights went out and the Angel of Death, Scarlet Bordeaux, emerged, walked down to the ring with a large hourglass. Uh, it was pretty badass. The crowd was chanting "Tick tock." Yeah, you know, she was like walking to the ring, and she t- she flipped the hourglass over and then just left the ring. And they got a really cool shot of Adam Cole like next to the hourglass as the sand was going. Nice. So. I don't think they're going to be taking their time with the carrying cross thing. Looks like that's maybe going to happen immediately. So we'll, that'll be interesting we'll, then. We'll see how that goes. I don't know. That was, but yeah. But in the main event on the show, EO Shirai wins the NXT women's championship, beating Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, who I really feel like is in trouble from a character standpoint. Um, in a really good match. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, thank God. Oh, I, I think it. now we can at least be spared Charlotte on Wednesday nights. Oh, wait, I'm wrong. pretty sure she's coming back immediately um yeah great match great to see eo shirai get the win you know obviously a big fan favorite um something that a lot of people have wanted to see for a while from her so uh oh yeah very cool considered by just about anybody you ask to be probably you know one of the best wrestlers in the world male female whatever you Mm -hmm. know just absolute you know absolute star so
0: no she totally is and like it's it's just an interesting you know place that she's been in on NXT because it just mm. I felt like when they you know first turned the character and everything it seemed like maybe they were getting ready to just send her up and then they were just like well let's send these other people up and let's just keep her here <laughs> and let her have a championship run here.
1: Right. Well, it's been the, it's the problem with NXT. Well, it's a good and a bad thing about NXT. I love that they have established long running champions, mm-hmm. you know, because I just feel like it legitimizes the belt. But at the same time, you just get so many people that you feel like never get to like quite climb that mountain because it's like, ah, sorry, you know, Shayna Baszler is going to be the champion for two years. (laughs) So you're just out of luck.
0: And that used to not be the case. You know, we used to get the, the two month championship runs of Samoa Joe and of Nakamura (laughs) and Finn Balor and all those things where it's like you get one defense that you defend it and then you lose in the second match and then you go up in the third.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so solid stuff, solid showing there from um, the folks at NXT um that that train keeps a rolling along. Yeah. So All right. yeah. anything else? No, unless there's anything you really want to talk about on dynamite. I have not I mean, seen I, it yet. I... I'll I'll just give you like the ten seconds. Right. Um FTR debuted, beat Butcher and the Blade. Bucks came out and said, Hey, why didn't you talk about us? And they're like, Because but before much could happen, the Butcher attacked from behind and again FTR didn't beat up the Bucks but helped them. Um so good stuff there. Penelope Ford picked up a surprising victory over Hikaru Shida. Chris Statlander, who tore her ACL and is out for months. Yeah, I heard apparently. about that. And Nyla Rose, a so big win for Penelope Ford there. Um, Inner Circle would fight best friends in a six-man tag. Um, fun stuff ensues. MJF feels disrespected. Talks shit to Billy Gunn. Sammy G beat Colt Cabana. Brody Lee came out and tried to recruit uh Cabana. We'll see what comes of that. Joy Janela and Sonny Kiss had a vignette where they... Rode off in an expensive car into the nightlife and it said to be continued. So, Who was that? Sonny Kiss and Joey Janella. Oh, okay, okay. Huh. Yeah. Brian, Brian Cage and Moxley fought in the parking lot. TNT title match. Cody beat Mark Quinn of Private Party. Solid showing. How many weeks am I going to have to watch Cody do Wrestling Dad, though? What
0: like, do you mean by Wrestling Dad?
1: It, is he going to hug and kiss these guys every week after he beats <laughs> them? Because, like. <laughs>
0: Is, oh, okay. It's is, is,
1: is his plan to like nineteen ninety four Bret Hart this roster where he's like I'm gonna get a singles win over everybody on this roster. <laughs> and then I'm gonna complain that there's nobody left to beat, and then you're gonna bring in Hakushi. No, I'm just like like yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't mind if it wasn't one of the kids, as I'll say, <laughs> like, you know, every week here going and losing mm-hmm. the
0: dad. That that's understandable.
1: The solid stuff there, looking forward to Fighter Fest. It's taking place over two nights apparently. Yeah. Whatever good stuff
4: all right sometimes it's not worse the riff
2: Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday...
0: That's again. right, Hulk, you can listen Sunday, to the Golden Monday, Age of Tuesday, Grappling Wednesday, podcast any day Wednesday, of the week, Thursday, but if you're looking for new episodes, Thursday, you can check Friday, out our website, goldenagepodcast.com, or look Sunday, for us on Monday, iTunes, Tuesday, new episodes Wednesday, releasing... Every- Bro, shut up, you fat...
2: Boy, a little old. Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes again...